0: So what are you doing, movie archives?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is Reservoir Drogs, the 1991 or 2 movie by Quentin Tarantino. Go ahead and pop in your DVD or blurry, press play, press pause when the live America thing fades to black. At the first frame you perceive of all black, go ahead and press pause, and in second I'll say 3, 2, 1, unpause, at which point I'll press play here on my copy, you press play there, and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other Tarantino movie. It'll be a lot of talking and never go anywhere. Uh, at the table today is myself, as always, T. Christie, my friend Brian William Fenichter, greetings, Michael Dorkman, Scott, hello, and Shre, the director of Moby Dick Stokes. Why am I Mr. Pink? You're always Mr. Pink. I don't want to be Mr. Pink. It's it's. You made the short films. You're, you you had oh, oh, Pink Five. I get. Yeah. It. yeah, yeah there you All go. Right, moving on. We didn't set that oh, up. I'm just that, that witty. That my water.
0: Oh oh. oh. <laughs>
1: well, Reservoir Dogs. How you have caught the gay. <laughs> okay, we haven't done Tarantino and. This is not us officially saying we're going to do all of Tarantino's films in order. It just happens to be if we're going to do Tarantino, we should at least start with this one.
2: Back when he was good.
1: Right, totally. Uh, This was not the first one I saw. The first one I saw was Pulp Fiction, and it blew my mind. Um, I I don't particularly like Reservoir Dogs. Um, Why? Because it's a very, I would say, sophomoric (laughs) film, but that makes it sound like it's a sophomore film. It's his first movie, and it's hard to, you know, we have Tarantino now, so we know that he's, we'll say, good. And he's been around. Certainly and he can capable. Ca- capable. Least. And it's, it's, it would seem unfair to start reeling on him, but that's what we do. We're, we're going to talk <laughs> about why the movie works or doesn't work, regardless of who made it or how. This will be the opposite of monsters. <laughs> um, we're, and, and frankly, I think this is a, a, a cool idea, but the, the, the plotting of the movie is, is, is sort of second to, to the idea. I can feel the movie thinks it's very witty with its idea and it definitely feels what's the
0: idea that you're
1: that there's this heist that never happens on screen and we see the before and the after of it and Mm -hmm. all that's like oh that's a cool idea now tell me a story with it and a story happens a story doesn't not happen and this has like a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes Um, but it just doesn't work for me it's just not a movie that I like and part of it is like the it's a a major hurdle for me to get over to get me to watch this first seven minute scene of them talking about Madonna (laughs) and tipping before, like, if you cut that out, I would look at this movie, like, I would be starting when the movie starts, LOL, and I'd probably be fine with it. This puts the bad taste in my mouth, and it's hard for it to get it back. Brian, Reservoir Dogs, Tarantino?
3: I, I like this film. I, I like some of Tarantino's stuff, not all of it. Uh, I think, I, I, no, I went through and I think a lot of filmmakers tend to, like, once you go from casual audience member to, you know, Film buff, and then maybe even to film podcast maker. co-host, pa- a podcast co-host and filmmaker. <laughs> yes. I th- I think get yeah. back to film buff. I think part of everybody's maturity, a lot of people's maturity along that axis, is to get really into Tarantino, and then hopefully, hopefully grow out <laughs> yeah, of that. Yeah, a no, it's like, a, it's of it. like
1: this: it's um, you go George Lucas, Kevin Smith, Tarantino, and then Wachowskis, yeah, and then you yeah, arrive yeah. at Fellini somehow, something,
3: yeah. and then eventually you get to Godard or something, and yeah, then hopefully exactly. you grow out of Godard and
2: leave those others behind.
3: Yeah, and it, I I think at least for me I was part of the maturation process of being a, a film nerd, uh, so there was definitely some some of that aspect of my history. But um, I do like this film. I think it's not nearly as interesting of a story without the creative editing going on. And I think editing is very very important to what Tarantino does.
2: And was this uh, Sally Menke? Is this Sally Menke? Okay, yeah. Well, Hi, Sally. Oh, uh, Ooh, we easy should there. we should yeah. Easy
3: there. Yeah, uh, that's a little too soon. Pour one out. Um, but uh, well, I'm sure we'll talk about the editing, and when, if and when we do Pulp Fiction and everything else, I'm sure we'll talk about that as well.
1: You're always a douchebag if you make this joke, although I always want to make it. Uh-oh. There was
0: editing?
2: Uh- <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: Dorkman, Tarantino...
0: That, well, that th- that joke doesn't actually apply very well to this one because this is a very lean Tarantino film. Mm, yeah. This is very sh- uh short compared to his stuff. It's a hundred minutes or something. This is
3: Tarantino before he got to be self-indulgent. Before he got yeah. to do whatever, and he that wanted. was still with yeah. a seven-minute Madonna. This dialogue. is
2: Tarantino's yeah. Piranha Two. As in as yeah. in many as in many cases, it's like when he still had limitations. This yeah. is what he made. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. And I certainly
3: think it's it's probably his strongest film, and probably because of that. I think
2: Pulp Fiction is probably. His strongest
3: I
1: agree with Dorkman,
0: but um, like think, I
1: think Pulp Fiction crystallized all his ideas and abilities after making Reservoir Dogs. Yeah,
0: I really i I like Reservoir Dogs. I I look at it from the perspective of uh, and the perspective that a lot of people were looking at it at the time and why it was, you know, it's it's the kind of thing where it's where. It, feels funny uh to to do this but it's like you do kind of have to put this into a context and i mean we've talked about 70s films and 80s films and all that stuff but this was almost 20 years ago that this movie came out 19 now. years ago yeah. yeah so um so it, there is a there is a context that you can actually <laughs> yeah. put this film in you know um it was it was before the digital revolution before it was easy to make a film so to speak before there were um, DVDs before there were DVDs <laughs> so it was it was the kind of thing where um you know it's very we, – we, we talk about Tarantino being self-indulgent, and he is a little bit in terms of the dialogue, like we talk about the Madonna scene and all of that. But um, he's, he's actually very smart and very constrained in the sense that he, he, most of the movie takes place in one location. You know, he was it's writing well within his yeah. limitations. No, it's,
2: it's it's a perfect example of the cheapy filmmaking. It's like, okay, I have a warehouse, and maybe I can get a diner. I yeah. want to do a movie about a bank robbery, but I'm never going to get a bank. Yeah, so, so let's not show the part where we robbed the bank. We
0: won't show the we, we won't show the bank robbery. All we'll ever know is what what everyone says happened, and they'll yeah. be contradictory. So we won't necessarily ever yeah. find out exactly what happened. Um, and uh, I you know I I think this is a great example, still a great example that that. Uh, of of independent film, yeah, um, and and making a low budget film while still keeping it interesting and telling a story, it's very much, it's very the, uh, theatrical in the sense that there's very little of this movie that you couldn't do on a stage, you know, you could make this into into yeah. a theater stage show, um, and it would work very very. Effectively, yeah, it really
2: would. It's exactly how you would do a stage <laughs> show. Yeah. In fact,
0: so um, uh, you know, I, I I find it very entertaining in in that sense, and and uh, you know, again, uh, in the context of when it was made, independent film hadn't really become. It, it was.
1: We, we got Reservoir Dogs and Clerks within right, a couple. Right of years around the, right yeah. around the same yeah. time.
0: Yeah. This is when people were like, oh, this, it's its own thing. I the, get it. I haven't. There's another
1: know? thing I want to talk about about that, and it has to do with dialogue. But we'll we'll, sure. we'll get into those sure. First.
0: So um um. You know, I think it's great. You, it, it, maybe. Are you uh, I haven't seen it? it. I haven't seen it for a long. I, I don't know. I haven't seen it for a long time, so it may not hold up for me. Um, uh, you know, from from that perspective. But um, I have seen it several times, and I've enjoyed it both times. I do think Pulp Fiction is a better film, but as his, you know, his first effort with with very limited scale and scope, I think it's uh very very effective.
1: Tray?
2: Reservoir Dogs. Uh, I came. I came to this one backwards. I think I. I well, that's a Tarantino
1: thing. Yeah, you. exactly. See, I, I started
2: in the middle of a Tarantino's career, and then I worked my way back to the beginning, and now I understand the, the ending. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you understand Death Proof. Now I understand oh, why. I, I wish I could start with Jackie Brown and end with the Reservoir Dogs. Oh, that'd be <laughs> yes. so much better. And now I finally understand why all those people died. I. I. I actually, re- I actually happened to watch Reservoir Dogs fairly recently, and uh, I might have been the only time I'd watched it all the way through. I'm not sure I'd watched it all the way through before then. It's another one of those movies that I was aware of and felt I knew probably as much as I needed to know about it without ever having to actually watch it. Like Boondock Saints? Exactly. Exa- I, I, Boondock Saints is a title and a legend. I've never seen it. I don't know. You could show me any frame from Boondock Saints and I would I'd go, that's Boondock Saints. Boondock
1: Saints was <laughs> worth it for overnight.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now
1: overnight now that is required viewing.
2: Exactly. I know nothing about Boondock Saints, just as I I knew nothing about reservoir dogs i still don't know where's the reservoir and where are the dogs i don't get it, I, it, it somebody owes me an explanation but uh but the i kind of get it maybe but no but the
0: no it's it's got nothing to do with that uh, yeah exactly it's uh you can yep. see it it's been it's, a, it's been uh, referred pie. to a couple yeah. of of times in like trivia and stuff he uh, tarantino used to be a you know a, a video store clerk sure famously and yeah. uh he um he recommended. He was trying to recommend pe- people, you know, movies that were let, you know, they were going to go get. Look who's talking! And he was trying to get them to watch <laughs> no! foreign films or whatever, right? right. And uh, he recommended. I'm not good at French pronunciation, but I think it's pronounced "au revoir les enfants." Oh, Le Z- Le Le, Le yeah, Le yeah, or something. Like and that. and someone and the guy he recommended it to went. I don't want to see no Reservoir Dogs, <laughs> and he was like. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but that's the greatest phrase ever. <laughs> and so he just used that as the title. Okay,
2: for yeah. Because, yeah, the, the French word for dog is, like, similar to yeah. enfant. I mean, that's funny. Rhythm okay. For <laughs> that's where, that's where, let just like R2D2. Having seen the real, real two dialogue, too. Um, it's another one of those movies where I, like we were just saying, I appreciate it for what it is. I'm like, oh, good use of low budgetness yeah. and, and good creative filmmaking. And of course, uh, you see a lot of the Tarantino you know boy i've been sitting behind this counter of this video store for a long time thinking about cool things i would do in a movie someday uh going oh, on shit you know of uh, you know i'm gonna do a scene where the guys like the scene i think of is tim roth in the bathroom yeah. acting out and simultaneously reenacting the uh the conversation and so on and um you know it's very clever it's very creative it, it in the end you kind of go okay um so it's one of those things that's notable because it was so groundbreaking in its form and its style and and uh you know became a, of course a big critical darling and a big uh you know it really launched Tarantino you know, because it became a big festival darling you know it was like at Cannes, it became a huge thing and launched him and suddenly he was this hot thing um you know it's like you look at it now and you kind of go you have to put it in context like yeah. you said it's almost twenty years old and it's so strikingly nonlinear and that was also shocking
0: everyone you know it's a it's a kind of thing where and and Pulp Fiction had this effect even more so, I think. But but yep. it's it's the kind of movie where it, it's almost like Star Wars in its own little niche because it's like well yeah. everyone makes movies like that now, yeah. But yeah. no one had before right. until he. And suddenly, he so you forget
3: the sheen that it had, <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. In yeah. The sheer because it was so shocking and groundbreaking yeah. and yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah and
3: uh, just by having the middle be the beginning yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly.
2: so i you know i'm, I'm kind of with the the crowd that as far as a movie i'm going i'm going to sit down and watch a movie and enjoy myself pulp fiction or kill bill would go higher on the list than reservoir yeah. dogs um but there's there's things about it that i think are fine you know that i really enjoy or right? i can appreciate sort of in a scholarly fashion like well that's cool i see what he did there as we we're talking about death proof and you know death proof oh. is like i see what quentin was going for in death proof i just didn't enjoy it you know, I
3: just I, wish he hadn't. I just wish he
2: hadn't. It was. It was. He didn't need to do that. He wanted
1: to here. make a typically boring exploitation film with a cool ending, and he did.
2: Yes, and that's good job. Yeah. Which worked. You in realize the, you just made a boring movie, right? which worked in the seventies, but uh, in the in the in this now in this day and age, we're not in on the joke anymore. Yeah, so okay. not quite as enchanted. He made a reference that no one got.
1: Anyway, you're at the point where the first yellow title has faded to black. I think it was Live America or something. Yeah. As I am here, three. Well, it's uh, three, two. <laughs> One, unpause. Let's start with my whole thing about why this scene makes me mad. Um, for a long time, and I guess this might Do have... Do not have subtitles? Uh, it, there's no subtitles how can in the we, there, there are, are, we there are Spanish, Spanish subtitles. subtitles. Okay.
0: We considered those. How could we possibly
2: <laughs> enjoy this movie without subtitles?
1: I don't know how in the uh, timeline of movies that have a different um, cadence, a different way of dialogue. Because, you know, now we see a lot of movies that people just sit around and talk about nothing. They'll sit around and talk about why they don't tip or what Madonna's songs were about. Um, and prior to that, I don't think, and I might be mistaken, there might have been you know 40 years of movies that these kind of conversations were happening in, but prior to that, my understanding is that people talked in movies when they had something to say. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and there was a reason. It's not like the screenwriters of the day couldn't write scenes about absolutely nothing that really didn't do much except for expose you to the character, if not develop them. The reason they didn't write those scenes was because you shouldn't write those scenes. They're not necessary they're, to the functioning of the ridicul- movie. It's a ridiculous... Yeah. And, and in the early 90s, this, and I think even Kevin Smith has said Reservoir Dogs inspired him heavily when he was shooting Clerks, if not writing it. I know he read it or wrote it previous to that. Um, these movies that came out, that I think this is why they have this weird phase in your maturation of film uh, appreciation, is that when you're, we'll say between 16, 15, and twenty, twenty-one, these movies are quotable and cool and hip and you just love them and they're so fun uh and then you realize that they they don't they, they there's a, a lot of work for very little reward in terms of what you're doing as a as a viewer well i think I think Tarantino's
3: genius in...
0: Seven-minute scene of Madonna. I don't know. It's I, not just Madonna. It's the tipping as well. well t- 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 the, t- those, those two I, things go hand in hand. I think the answer.
3: function of what Tarantino, consciously or unconsciously, is trying to do here is this is basically his save the cat moment for this entire group <laughs> yes. of people. Yeah. Well, which,
2: which is his argument for Pulp Fiction, specifically. Yes. yes. Specifically. Yeah. But yeah. It's,
3: it's the same idea of like, oh, these guys talk mm-hmm. just like you and I do, mm-hmm. and they have the same kind of funny conversation that you and I do. I care about them yeah. because now I relate but it's self-indulgent th- in the fact that it's seven minutes uh, long. I
0: think it's – I think, well, maybe. I, 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 would, I would disagree in this, uh, of, with the, the comment that it's, it doesn't serve a function or go anywhere. Um, I think that's the problem with a lot of Tarantino imitators. Is yeah. They see a scene like this, or they see a, a Royale with cheese scene, and they go, oh, I'm just going to talk about no, I know, love whatever, I love whatever I want. I want. No, uh,
1: but in the Royale with cheese scene, something very important is happening in the story.
0: You don't in, think that's the same the thing they're here? They're driving? They're driving somewhere.
1: Oh, I'm I'm thinking of when he's eating the burger and shooting up a guy. No, that's different. No, no that's with, not the scene we're talking about. No, Royale with cheese is is similar. Yeah, it, the, and the, it doesn't ro- bother me as much. I think it's it's literally the length of the scene at the beginning of the fucking movie.
0: But but I, I think I think it's also um, what one thing that's interesting to me about about this scene is the um there there is a subversion that goes on in the sense that you spend so much time with these characters and it's not that long. It's you know it's under ten minutes. A little over five. It's, um, yeah, you, you spend you spend all this time with these characters. So you feel like you're setting them up. You're like, all right, I'm ready to see this movie. They're a team. They're, they're, you know, pals and whatever. And then the rest of the movie goes on. Something's gone horribly fucked up. Half of them are dead. You don't spend any time with them and you find out they,
3: they never come together as a group. They they never come together as a
0: group and they didn't even know each other at the time. You thought you think they're buddies or whatever, but it's like, they're just strangers who happen to, to, you know, go to, go to a little uh, diner before the heist. So I, which is just
3: because the, the boss coordinating thing says, which I don't even understand that idea in the universe of you, you specifically I'm setting this up so you guys don't know each other but I'll have breakfast beforehand right
1: right <laughs> now the um, the opposite of this movie in the same genre uh, would be the studio production movie that shows the heist uh, that is the usual suspects where it's a bunch of criminals that don't know each other coming together for a job that was orchestrated by someone that they, they they're still sort of fuzzy on um, and I really like the usual suspects it also doesn't deal in this sort of dialogue which uh. I don't I, I, Tarantino is a very he's a conversationalist as a dialogue writer and that's great and that works really well and that's why people really latched on to this and Kevin Smith movies it's like these people that are on the screen are talking like I talk as opposed to like even in the 30s people had nonchalant conversations they didn't all talk like this and these really specific phrasing you know they, they were people but the movies were like these people are talking in a really specific and cool and kind of you know it's kind of a cool way like a almost like I don't know, make a, a book or something would, and when these movies come out, people are like, "Oh my god! Oh, cool! Finally, a movie that gets me."
0: Uh, Especially this bit. I know a lot of people who are like, "I, I know, right? Fucking <laughs> <I know, right>? tipping. <laughs> <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. You know." So I want to. He's talk saying about what we're is, all thinking, yeah.
3: <laughs> which is kind of. It, it's also very clever in the sense that it's that's basically uh, Buscemi's save the cat and kill the cat moment yeah. at the yeah. same time he's like he doesn't tip what, what an asshole but at the same time a, a, a whole bunch of other people in the audience go yeah fucking right right yeah. on man yeah anyway. why do we
1: do that and the chat room inside outcast points out uh, that tarantino has a great ear for dialogue and i want to talk with you guys about that because are, when we say great ear for dialogue if we if we're thinking of dialogue as a concept that can be attained if you do it right are we talking about um as as realistic a conversation as possible or, or are we talking about some sort of a weird departure from that, like the Off White, which is a really good conversation that you wish you could have. The second part, yeah, I the think second second it's, one. it's a little. So of I, don't, both. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Kevin Smith or Tarantino in the great ear for dialogue. No, because I mean, because they they, they write a conversation. As if it would really happen. They have the really conversation,
3: then they just transcribe and it. And yeah, both of them
1: you know. are way guilty of this and they don't cut it down to the parts that are important. They have the whole yeah. conversation. Sure.
0: Which is which is, you know, you can you can give the argument that that's a great ear for dialogue in terms of you, it's it's a natural it's a conversation. conversation. It's a yeah, it's a I I would but I would dialogue, say that's probably a better way to put it. It's a yeah, good I, ear for conversation. Here's
2: the, I think I'd rather one, I think though in general I'd rather have this kind of dialogue than a lot of what passes for movie dialogue, sure. where where people where it's, just all where it's very the stilted and... and not very realistic yeah. at all. Because you know when you listen to actual speech, when people converse, you know people don't finish sentences. They they don't speak in you know their their gra- their grammar correct. is screwed up. Yeah. you know, and, but you you get it from context. Right. The be- um, the best year the- for
0: dialogue in that sense is mammoth yeah. Yeah, I think so. He's too. always they're always trailing off and just you read and stuff, my, and it's like they never finish. A and one of my
2: favorite one of the great to me, one of the great weird unsolved mysteries of movie of movie dialogue is the line is Bonnie Bedelia's line from Die Hard. And I think I've mentioned this before, but Bonnie she says, she says I don't think you have any concept of what our marriage should be. And her line is this is what she says. I know exactly what your concept of our marriage should be. Which doesn't make any sense when you diagram that sentence. Yeah, that's a stack <laughs> of dangling modifiers. But it's a great scene because she's pissed, and you get that she's pissed totally, and, and you get what she's saying, even though what she's saying is not what she's saying. So it's
0: there's a there's a section of foreshadowing, by the way, right there. the The boss comes in. He asks. This isn't enough. Who didn't tip? And Mr. Orange is the snitch who says, pink. That's right. <laughs> anyway,
2: my, my point about that line is, to this day, I don't know, was that line scripted that way? Or did, did she, she blow that up. line, yeah. and yet it worked so well that they kept it? Or did she say, no, I'm going to say it wrong, but that's how I'm going to say it? It's, I wanna, I need to know the answer here, to that here question. We go. In the chat room, they put,
1: up, they put up a, a wonderful uh, opposition, an opposing figure for Tarantino style dialogue, uh, Sorkin or Whedon. Yeah. Those guys. People that's, what I'm, that's yeah. what I'm talking about when I say no one talks like Those are the conversations like yeah. you wish you could have. There's yeah. no human being and smart and lyrical yeah. conversations. No human and that's being the, talks that's, like that's that. That's the all.
3: problem with Studio 60. Is like you could sort of buy people like the smartest people on the planet talking like that when they work in the White House yeah. and they're Democrats, but not the backstage
2: but, of Saturday, <laughs> Saturday Night Live. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. But here's I, the thing. I still
1: love Studio 60. Here's, a, here's I, a, I love
2: it too. It's a it's it's a it's not. It doesn't happen in our world, but it's a world I'd like to visit.
3: Here's the thing
1: about dialogue
3: that I think is the tricky part. It's like I I consider dialogue to be basically the same as poetry yep. in the sense for a long time for years and when I studied when we had to learn about poetry in high school nobody could ever really tell me what distinguished good poetry from bad poetry and I had no idea and I was like how do you does anybody fucking do this and the the realization I eventually came to is good poetry is when you can communicate a whole bunch in the absolute minimum of possible it's mm-hmm. just the essence of communication distilled as succinctly as possible and that's basically what dialogue is, mm-hmm. is you have to communicate as much of this world
0: and the character and the situation... Right, which resides in down, opposition to the
3: Tarantino right, style. Right, but
0: down to its very essence. The trick... Not necessarily. There's a lot of... The thing about Tarantino, as opposed to people just talking about nothing at all, is that there is a lot of subtext. They're not talking about what they're talking about a lot of the time. Right. You know?
3: The, the, the trick, the reason why dialogue, I think, is even harder to do than poetry is because... Poetry doesn't have to sound like the way we talk or write because you look at it and go, "That's poetry," but dialogue basically has to be poetry that doesn't that sound, resembles conversation that resembles natural conversation. Yeah, and that's so, a good point.
0: Uh, the, the thing trying
3: is- to trying to hit those to like the Sorkin line and the Tarantino line, and still have it communicate the information and be feel like what we actually talk the way we talk so today. me, make you Oh, bye, Sally.
1: Yeah, there, that's some more. Yeah, <laughs> that's appropriate. Now here's the nice. thing, though, um, and I want to. I don't know how much of this movie we're going to be talking about dialogue, but while we're having the conversation, talking about Sorkin in particular, okay. uh, and and uh, Whedon to a certain extent, I'm thinking of Firefly when I think of Whedon here, but Sorkin hey, West. I
0: I will actually say, by the way, uh, in in terms of all of these, I mean we define ear for dialogue in different ways. I think of all the people we've discussed, Whedon has the best ear in terms of if you covered up the if you were reading the script and you covered up the names, you would know who was speaking based on yeah, the way they're speaking. Totally, and uh, and Tarantino is not as good at that, and Sorkin is you can't you could yeah. not distinguish one Every, person. From everyone's another. a genius yeah, in Sorkin and, world.
1: I think that's basically the the, the limitation of Sorkin. Like I read uh a, I read The Social Network about a year and a half before it came out. Like mm-hmm. right after I don't know how quickly after Sorkin had written that draft that this one was leaked, but I I got it from someone. I don't remember what it was, and I was really excited because I'd never read a Sorkin script before, and I've seen. All the West Wing and, you know, all these other movies that he's done. A few good men and all this shit. And um, I'm like, I can't wait to read this. This is going to be, like, revelatory. And it read like a script. It read like an okay script. It's got to be actors or something. Anyway, talking about um, the deficiency of Aaron Sorkin in terms of distinguishing characters in his dialogue, uh, I think that is one of the few things that he's not super great at. But he also involves a lot of the the naturalistic tendencies of a conversation because he has characters say, yeah, just all the time. And okay. one of my favorite things is Timothy Busfield in West Wing always goes okay. Yeah, okay. You know what okay. I?
3: You know what I just realized that I don't think has ever occurred in the Sorkin script that should have, because since they're all like uber clever all the time, never once has anybody in a Sorkin in West Wing or whatever ever gone, oh, I should have said the clever <laughs> thing like thirty minutes ago when I was having that back and <laughs> you
2: know what Bradley Whitford has one of those
1: moments. Does he? Yeah. No. Yeah. All right.
2: Anyway, I just I want to see a Sorkin character stare blankly at another one and go what. I didn't even. Get oh, a, that happens I in d- West Wing. I'm I didn't sure. get a word of that. I have no idea. Oh, um, in the background, uh, you can see the Jenny and the Jenny operator hiding.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> F- famous. Uh, and the previous scene, in all those scenes in the car, you can tell that it's raised up because they're actually on the the yeah, trailer. They're
2: on a. They're on a trailer. So you know, hey, it's a low budget movie. Now, now we're into like pretty much the only set the rest of this movie is ever going to have is this uh, warehouse. Which I, I always think of things like, I wonder if this, you know, does this warehouse still exist? Is someone like got a machine shop set up in there? Do you realize you're in the where the Reservoir Dogs set? Um getting back to an earlier point of yours is um you know we have to we have to detract points from our sensibilities here because you know we're american boneheads and uh-huh. you know Quentin Tarantino Spent so much time behind that that gosh darn uh, you know counter at the video store. He had to actually watch the European films and the Asian films too, and that it, that
0: whole the, yeah that whole shot drawing back felt very much like a French you know new yeah, wave type of it's totally type of, that this, this whole shot it's still going right now yeah, exactly
2: we yeah. we, st- we haven't we haven't stopped yet and, it, you know he's he's you know and he, so he wanted to like you know and, and as we've said in other commentaries even though we haven't done Tarantino films I think we said mentioned you know how he. He, he he'll do he'll do an entire scene just to go. This is like what Godard did in in that one movie, right. <laughs> or this is like what that Hong Kong movie did. Um, you know, so it's sort of like some people accuse him of just stringing together homages to movies that most of us haven't seen and don't realize that he's ripping somebody. He's off. He's a cinematic mixtape, as, as exactly cinematic a cinematic mixtape. That's the phrase. Um, and you know, man, that's fine. I I I, I don't uh, think that's necessarily a bad thing. But in terms of talking about oh, you don't open. A movie with seven minutes of dialogue that doesn't really relate to the rest of the movie. N- not in America, you don't. Yeah. Not in Hollywood, you don't. <laughs> but other, you know, other countries have different rules of filmmaking and different levels of like what a film is and what de- defines a film experience. And I, yeah, honestly, I, considering his influences, we should we should often give him more credit for yeah. being as coherent. as Makes kind of makes is, a kind of sense, you know. And I. I <laughs> You know the problem is you can't you can't fully escape it's, it's not like I could sit down and, and totally appreciate a Bollywood film but at least I try and not go this is stupid because I'm trying to understand that you know when I watch another culture's art, that uh, you know, their art is different than the art I grew up on, and their standards are different. And that doesn't mean it's bad or good. You know, Hollywood movies we like. You know, we're all raised on Hollywood movies. and at the end, you know, you know, Tony Stark will overcome all of his difficulties, and he will defeat the bad guy, and that's how we know it's over, and we can go home now. Um, other societies don't necessarily make movies like that. So Tarantino shocked you know the English speaking movie world by making a movie that you know should have been Belgian or something like that. And uh, that's one of the things that made him, made him kind of like, oh, he's groundbreaking and fresh and interesting. And uh, it's, you know, it's good. It's, it's good to, to shake the tree every so often, which is what he certainly did. Was this Buscemi's first thing that he did that was like, oh, that's a guy?
0: Oh, I think he'd been around before. No, I, th- I, can't, I can't think of
2: what. I, I don't know Buscemi's yeah, Not like, that I timeline, can think of, but, but uh, chatroom IMDB can prove us wrong or not.
0: But I would bet
3: this was the first thing that was like, oh, that's a guy. I am going to see that guy more. I would,
1: I would put money down on that. Was Rosencrantz and Guildenstern before this? Uh, probably. Because, um, well, no, Tim Roth was Guildenstern.
2: You're talking about, yeah, the, the play was before this, but Tim Roth's version of it, uh, I don't know.
1: Interesting. I love Tim Roth. Mm, no. I love Rosencrantz
2: and Guildenstern is from the 60s, I believe. Yeah, stop the
1: actual play. Meh. Now, this movie, it had, um, the critical reaction was varied. Like, now it's regarded as a classic, but... At the time, people were leaving the theater, and that kind of thing was happening a lot. At one point, um, who was it? It was uh, maybe Wes Craven and Rick Baker were seeing it, and they both left. What, this <laughs> movie?
2: This movie. How do you know that?
1: Uh, Wikipedia. Okay. And then, and then uh, I think it was Rick Baker was quoted as saying, uh, take that as a compliment. We're out. <laughs> like Something like that, where they were walking out like, nah, not going to do this. Uh, because the violence is so realistic. I guess I find that really hard to believe
2: that Rick Baker and Wes Craven will walk out a movie for being too violent because
1: I think that's the reason it's a story is that hey Wes Craven and Rick Baker yeah, walked out
2: sounds ap- I smell apocrypha um, you know if nothing else they'd be watching going how are they doing that exactly
1: right you know. in the chat uh, room they say um, nothing on Buscemi uh, uh, pre this resume stands out to me and then someone mm. else says he was in King of New York Okay. Yeah. So he'd been around, but this
2: yeah. was kind of like, who's that guy? Yeah. So, so was, as you said, establishing him as that guy, and Harvey Keitel. If you notice, Harvey Keitel is this is a co-producer. Pretty much, Harvey Keitel getting on board, who was a star at this point, um, getting him him getting on board is what got this movie made with yeah. whatever ridiculously low budget it had, like you know half a million dollars or whatever they spent on it.
3: Which uh, the story, if I remember right. Is Tarantino was taking like an acting class with Harvey Keitel's wife, mm. and mm. gave her the script, and then she gave it to Harvey Keitel, and obviously he fell in love with it. I think that's
0: how it goes, if I remember right. That's yeah, Taran- uh, Tarantino wanted to be, he initially wanted to be an actor. Yeah, that, that was yeah, his primary think? goal. <laughs> I think I saw a
1: clue about. He wrote himself a three minute scene at yeah. the top of his movie yeah. talking about Madonna. Yeah. But
2: then he, but then he graciously didn't appear in the rest of the movie. So you know, he, he wasn't a total fool about it. He did it the right way. Yeah, he didn't cast himself as Mr. Orange. I think, yeah. I oh, think he, he
0: was going to cast himself as Mr. Pink, but he gave it to Buscemi instead. So, there's that. It was a good
2: move. Maybe that's, Maybe they had to do that to get their funding. Maybe. <laughs> it's like, okay, first yeah. time director, fine, but you're not going to play like a major role, too. Yeah, you're not going
3: like to write direct and
0: star in this. Sorry. It's funny. What do you it's think d- this
2: is, The Room? Yeah, jeez.
0: He does a lot of long, wide shots. Yeah. This... this The title "The Room" would make so much more sense for this movie than
2: than it does for "The Room" or than "Reservoir Dogs." And the room would make just as much sense (laughs) if it was called "Reservoir Dog." (laughs) Yeah. So there you go. Actually, you know that's an interesting insight I've never heard before. The idea that this could be a stage play because it really, it absolutely could be a stage play. Especially the kind of the fantasy sequences like Groth in the bathroom and so on. You could totally see how they would do that as a stage play. Oh yeah. You know, with with lighting, lighting change, and uh, you know, a whole a whole fantasy sequence comes out of it. That's pretty cool. Poor Tim Roth. He's just gonna lie on this lie on this ramp for the rest of the movie. Yeah, supposedly uh,
0: according to uh, according to the the trivia, he there was one point where he was lying there so long he they stuck, actually had to peel him off. He stuck to it. He, dri- <laughs> and, he and it took him like several minutes. He to dried peel him onto on the, the ramp.
2: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that, that's low budget movie making at its finest. It totally is. But
0: you know this this kind of filmmaking stuff you didn't really see before, where it's like we're not in the room. It's just gonna be.
2: Yeah, we're gonna go you know. down the hall, and we're not gonna cover it normally. And there's a
0: there's a there's a symbolic thing here. You, we've got we've got a white and pink shirt right next to each other, and orange on the floor way in the background. What an that, orange rag on the floor. What does that symbolize? Well, that's Mr. White talking to that Mr. Pink and that Mr. Orange is on the ground in the other room.
3: Yeah, and we'll, and we'll see <laughs> differently uh, different colored jugs later on that are <laughs> right, Mr. Pink, Mr. White, and Mr. Whatever. Yeah.
2: <laughs> something, so, lots of, lots something little... so deep it's actually meaningless yeah yeah, yeah pretty it much. is meaningless yeah. but it's there yeah. so you know
3: and that, that's very much like look at me direct look yeah. at me put things in the background that must mean in something the chat like room
1: uh, Matt Fedeveta points out production budget 1.2 million okay nice. that's pretty, yeah, pretty spectacular actually yeah what did the actors get?
0: not a lot scale probably Ooh, Yeah. lunch well, and how does credit. scale
1: work? <laughs> explain scale to me
0: scale is basically if you're if you're a union anything union actor union director union you know, crew, um, there is a minimum amount of money that you have to be paid if it is a union shoot, you know, and you basically can only work on union shoots. There's ways around it, but pretty much. And so scale is you are being paid no more than the absolute bare minimum that you were required to be paid by your union. So, and th- and it's pretty, compared to what, what, you know, probably at the time Harvey Keitel yeah. and, and uh, other car- uh, uh, actors could command, it's way below... What you're typically pay like it's basically it's basically
1: Kaitel like could ask for a million, but he's working for twenty grand sure or something like that yeah
0: so. it's it's basically minimum wage yeah. I, I think of it as minimum wage in the film industry, like you know in the real world, uh, aside from very low level entry jobs, most people don't work for minimum wage, they work for something above it, but they're willing you know it's the kind of thing where it's like you know, you're willing to take a job for minimum wage because you really like the company or you like what they stand for, or blah blah blah, right. or even you know, like that.
2: Yeah, so you'll see, you know, a movie like this and, and bigger movies too. Like a, a director or an actor will, you know, normal yeah, I can I can get ten million dollars a movie, but I'll do it for scale because that way the, the budget of the movie goes down ten million, and that'll help you get it made because I want this movie to get made. So. So if an actor's working for scale... So um, I would
1: imagine that a lot of the times when you see like an independent movie that was like... It's starring one guy you've heard of and it's produced by him too. That's a movie that this guy found a script or is, he somehow came across a script that he liked. That he really wanted says, to do. I, I yeah. want to be the guy. I want this to be a vehicle for me to try this acting role. Yeah. And then they do it yeah. and only make their... 50 grand
2: or without whatever, without which goes to the one yeah.
3: like one very important piece of advice for budding filmmakers which is write parts that actors want to play that yeah. actors want to play and tarantino yeah. certainly did that yeah. yeah and
0: if and and you know if you like you said you'll often see them be the um you know the the star and a producer because they may have even waived their fee as an actor but they're but they believe in the project and they're going to get money back, money back once back it sells
2: yeah and like well, for example i i without knowing I'm going to bet that Tom Hanks directed that thing you do for director scale. I don't think he commanded a huge director fee to direct that movie.
1: Which is unfortunate because the points on the back end weren't great. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But he got it made. The fact that he breaks the window with his hand here in a second,
0: uh uh-uh. Apparently, in the background of the shot where he oh, used to gun. Okay, that's that's fine. Yeah, the, the background of the shot where he gets hit, you can see like the the cop car that's holding that's, that's holding traffic, holding, holding, holding traffic, people. and you see a fire truck go by. So it's like if that happened, they'd totally be like right there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like- yeah.
2: yeah, there there is a cop car on the street already. Yeah, they, they have they they have the the movie the movie car glass, which is like window glass and yeah. Yeah. not safety glass. The windshield is is this- is real, but the you know breaking the side, it's not safety glass at all.
0: I tr- I but it's an to... older car, so it's was... old... when, did, when
1: did safety, safety
2: glass? Safety glasses is from the '60s. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I tried to break my car window once. I w- I w- my keys were in the car, and my dog was inside, very sick, and yeah. I had to get for medicine. And um, I ended up trying to break my window with a like a maybe a five or ten pound metal they're, pipe. They're the jugs, by the way. Oh uh, yeah, I'll give it to. Oh him, the Tarantino, jugs. you're a genius. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I I geared myself up and I stacked myself up and I lifted up this really heavy old rusty like brown metal pipe and go. <laughs> Doing! and wail on the back uh, back right window of my car, and it just goes dink and bounces back <laughs> off. Like yeah. my car had a little dent in it, a little scrape. Couldn't yeah. break the window if I, I I like hit it like a baseball bat, and I guess that's partially because of the curvature of the window and it's you know distributing the weight, but it's also strong stuff.
2: You can if you focus a very very narrow point to it, like uh, a little scribing tool will do it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's all about you know distribution of impact. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it, it'll still hold together. That's what safety glass is, is it, you know, it doesn't turn into big, jagged shards that will decapitate you like it used to in cars. Yeah. <laughs> um, now it turns into, uh, you know, it, it becomes it little still pebbles. Stays, yeah. yeah.
0: The, uh, the, you know, uh, talking about the structure uh, again, um, I think Tarantino and I, and I'd be very surprised if, if, you know, a lot of what he does certainly is conscious, but, but I, I'd I think he's
1: retconning a lot.
0: But I'd be surprised... I Well, he he's not someone who defends... Uh, who, Or I, I haven't read him defending a lot of his choices or whatever. He's just like, that's what I did. And if you don't like it, then okay. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Um, and I got I'm no problem with that. You know. Yeah. And uh, as opposed to being like, oh, no, because I, I, I meant to do that. And what really happened is blah, blah, blah. Well, that's what
1: all the jugs and shirt collar stuff sounds like.
0: That's not... Re- that, I don't think so. I think he quite intentionally did that. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, in terms of him tending to make a movie nonlinearly... I don't think he sits sits down and really thinks about, okay, here's here's the story in a straight line and here's how I'm gonna divide it up and shift it around. I think he goes with his gut a bit more on, yeah, on that kind I, of I, thing. Well and,
2: and actually here's where we, we probably should talk about Miss Sally Minky. Because okay. because yeah. uh, Tarantino always gave her credit for he goes, I shoot the movies, but Sally and I edit them. Uh-huh. And he always gave her tremendous credit. And I don't know the backstory, but as I recall, you know, this is this is the movie where they sort of like, Okay, well there's this editor, you know, this there was someone like wherever Sally Mankey was working at the time. So like, yeah, this guy needs his movie edited. And she was like, Oh, it you know, sounds fun. I'll do it. You know, whatever it was, this was, I believe the beginning of their working partnership. And it became this invaluable partnership for him where he sort of has like all these things. And she says, well, what if we connected and she, and the dots this way? Adds the structure, you know, yeah. and she creates a structure and, and, and comes up with connections that weren't intended, you know, and, and ways to, you know, ways to put things together. And, uh, And, uh, you know, Tarantino has always, always, always gave her tremendous credit for what he, for her contribution to to his movies. And he's
1: always aware of it. There's a wonderful, I think it's from Death Proof, the blooper reel thing, where you can find on YouTube, um, like throughout the history of Tarantino films, all the times that... A, a take has gotten flubbed, and they just go, "Hi, Sally," and wave into the camera. Yeah. <laughs> there's there, a, there's kind of one
0: a... from Inglorious Bastards. I haven't seen yeah. a death proof one. I think it is Inglorious Bastards, yeah, and it's yeah.
1: adorable and sad. And she passed away. If you hadn't caught on to that, she passed away this past year,
0: yeah. like this past month. She, yeah. she, yeah, last she of died just a month ago. And, but.
2: Uh, and weird trivia: she was she was married to Dean Pariseau, who's the director of Galaxy Quest, one of our oh. beloved movies. Well, there you go. But uh <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which, is like, which is like always. You know, when I heard that, I was like, "They're really strange. It's Like. Quentin Tarantino's editor is, is married. married to the director of Galaxy Quest.
1: <laughs> that means that Tarantino probably saw an early cut of Galaxy Quest, <laughs> where do. they were cursing all the time, and he probably liked it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, probably. But um, uh, what know, I was what, what I meant to say um, before we got off on that very, very good and and interesting tangent yeah. um, is. Uh, the way, he's, the way it wound up being structured I shouldn't even say he because you're probably right Sally probably had a, a great deal to do with it um, the way it wound up being structured was very clever in terms of so much of it is this you know is is people talking in a room? But every every ten fifteen minutes or so, you get this crazy fucking scenes from from the just after the heist where people are running and yeah. shooting and driving around. So it's like just enough to be like, oh oh uh, okay oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, here. I'm here yeah I'm, I'm still here still here. And What's if you on?
2: assembled that. In a standard fashion, where it's linear, you'd have all this action, and then you just have an hour of people talking. Exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. So, you know. so
0: the so uh, what, what I was getting at is exactly that. It's like a lot of people look at Tarantino, and they're like, "Oh yeah, nonlinear and cut it up." And the same the same thing that people did right after Memento as well. They're like, "Yeah, yeah. cut it up, just shift it around, do this stuff." It's like, no, no. The thing is, it it's it's mixed up in terms of chronology. But they do that to actually tell the story in a more standard way, right. In a sense, and to because to you know the information
1: out. is front loaded or, or back loaded or something like that, and they're trying to doll it out interestingly throughout the entire project. exactly right, right? And that now, go,
3: and that goes back to what we talked about elsewhere, where filmmaking in Chinatown, where it's about the process of revealing that information over time, yeah, and building
1: a machine to tell you the information, yeah. yeah. And um, something that was interesting, I had this thought. Uh, and I want to stress test it on you guys. Mm-hmm. I think Tarantino's body of work. Imagine he took all of his movies, put them together in one giant Uber movie. <laughs> I think it's 50% dialogue, 50% action, and usually really graphic action. Uh, and it's weird how I can't think of a single one of his movies that's half and half. Like, Death Proof is almost all talking, and then 30 minutes of fucking badass thing. And Kill Bill is almost all fighting, and there's some dialogue there, too. And then, you know, this
0: one is... I'd, I'd say Kill Bill is probably the the mo- but, but volume one. Is probably the the most action heavy, uh, most action heavy, but that balances. I think that balances out With to about fifty percent, um, to it, within the the movie. Oh, and oh, oh, and, oh, okay. uh, and Volume Two is uh, hardly has any action in it at all. Yeah, Inglorious so, so Bastards. you're, you're probably is, right. It w- within the two of them, they probably balance yeah. them,
1: each other out. In the chat room, uh, Inside Outcast says Inglorious Bastards, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. there was really, there was no action. What in action in
0: Inglorious no. Bastards? The theater burned down. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Every hey, forty five
1: minutes, Brad Pitt would do something.
0: Yeah. Someone I, got hit with a bat, and that's about I it. The Otherwise, match. they were eating pastries in French. I mean, Kill Bill, Kill Bill is an example of French of, cafes. You know,
2: well, we just have like ten movies here, and how do we, you know, how are we going to structure any of this? Yeah. Yeah. Kill Bill could have been assembled ten million different ways. Kill you know? Bill could be
3: a mini series. I really yeah. like
2: Kill Bills. I really enjoy them a lot too. I just, you know, those are ones that I just kind of strap in and go for the ride, and go, okay, this is great stuff, and I enjoy it, and uh, you know, but yeah, looking at the the non-linear jumping back and forth crazy way that it tells a story i mean i can only imagine how many different variations they went through in the editing room for that for that you know couple of movies you know oh, yeah. even even to the point of going you know this is really two movies because of course it wasn't going to be two movies right, right. With.
3: we're past the scene now but i would i would venture to say that the way to distinguish a real actor from your standard run of the mill actor is if if they pick their nose in the <laughs> in the in a take in the movie. Which one is which, just to be clear? Well, I would say a real actor is one who's willing to go, because it, it's a completely unglamorous but very real thing to do. So, it, that would require an actor to go, this is this works and I don't mind millions of people seeing me you pick know, my nose right. so I'm going to mm. fucking do it. Nah.
0: Um, <laughs> now my nose itches.
3: <laughs> Sorry. Like <laughs> what you
2: did. Uh, what have you doing well, on the podcast? Just, like I just, just saw, right am now. I a real actor now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just saw Harvey hey, Keitel go do it. I'm going to go for an Oscar. Ah! <laughs>
3: I just saw Harvey <laughs> Keitel do it and I flashed to Apollo 13 where Gene Kranz does it and I'm like, I respect the fuck out of both those guys thread (laughs) it
0: must be the nose picking (laughs) that's what it is that's how you that's how you act i'm gonna pick my nose next time i'm i'm on screen that's my well it's like in
3: chinatown like jack nicholson was you know pretty Uh, you know covering up his face and being ugly like that yeah you know
0: Charlize yeah. Theron that's, that's in, a, in Monster, in Monster. Uh,
2: yeah. Well, yeah, well that's how you go up. for an Oscar. If you're if you're pr- if you're a pretty girl, be ugly, you'll get an Oscar. So yeah. that's that's there's some I think there's some some uh, ulterior motives. There,
0: there is definitely a correlation. You know, between it, the and two. And yeah.
2: if you know if you're if you're an actor, then you know limp and tremble and, and talk with a lisp and you know and you Oscar boom go full yeah. retard go full retard. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, uh, for women for women it's for women it's be ugly and for men it's go full retard and that's how you get your Oscar and then you know then you get that out of the way and then you can go back to being a serious actor. Like
1: ninety episodes of Down in front I don't think we've had this conversation what was the like the one of the very first if not the first movie that you saw when you were like getting into film and you were like telling your friends you really got to see this movie like your first edgy I'm a film guy movie to tell people about mm. you know you know what I'm talking about that kind mm. of thing where it's like Tricky. you know you should see this fucking movie because I know it doesn't you know but you should see it I, I do you, do you remember your first one
0: where you're like, my first film school-y guy, I'm the guy that has this movie. No, I ne- <laughs> I, I don't think I ever did that. I, I mean, I never had any qualms about recommending movies. I, the first one I can remember, like, making someone else see, and not because I even necessarily thought it was that great, but just because I'm like, someone else needs to exp- – I need to be able to talk to somebody about this, <laughs> was um, uh, Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. Nice. Uh, I nice. saw that movie, and I was like – and I I went out with uh, I went not, out there's a lot going on there I movie. went out and hung out at the mall with like my best friend at the time and I was like I just saw this movie like earlier today I had, and it I we have to go back to my place and I have to show uh, you because <laughs> I cannot even begin to explain what yeah. happened
2: Monty Python in general is is one of the very rare examples of incredibly smart ridiculously overeducated guys <laughs> doing stupid lowbrow comedy and how and how that becomes this weird train wreck of <laughs> You know, of potty humor and Proust references. You know that you kind of go, I what? I don't. You know, I'm going to have to go study up to get that yeah. that yeah. that potty joke they just made. I feel that uh, way about uh, Eddie Izzard. Yeah, and you know, and Meaning of Life is where it all just comes together. I think you know, Meaning of Life is their masterwork, pretty much. You know, and the, they they went out on a high note. This movie,
1: and we have a, we're going to have a conversation about this now because we were talking about how there's subtext, and what they're talking about isn't what they're talking about. So on one hand. I'm willing to buy that as a premise if you explain it to me. But this movie okay, feels right like... Now they're talking about what they're talking about. Yeah. Let's <laughs> <That's> just saying <laughs> this <laughs> movie... Fair. And they're talking about it really loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this movie, I feel, lacks the subtlety of what would be a more uh, established and practiced director, although ultimately Tarantino didn't end up going that route. And, you know, he had people yell at each other in all of his movies. But it feels like there's... It's like Sam there's, Jackson, though, so it yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh God, I love it when he yells. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, so do a oh, lot of boy. people. <laughs> I get like I get like a twenty five percent whenever he yells. Yeah.
3: Sounds like you have some issues there, T. Yeah,
1: Samuel L. Jackson yelling at me—that's all I want. And okay. um, this movie feels like it lacks subtlety. I feel like this is the movie that Dolly was shot. written. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, he does a lot of cool camera stuff. Cool, but yeah, but there's—I mean, it's. Do you agree or disagree with with the premise that this is a movie that was made uh, with its intentions on its sleeve? I don't think this is a subversive movie. I think it's just a documentation of this fucked up world.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's subversive in the sense that who's going to make a movie about such a fucked up world? You know, that's the subversion going on. Um in in terms of American cinema and stuff like that, you don't you don't. You don't have an, an entire ensemble picture of nothing but anti-heroes. You know yeah. that, that that just doesn't <laughs> happen. Um, and uh, Tarantino was w- willing to make this weird movie where you never actually see what happens, and they're they're arguing, and they're cussing, and they're shooting in each other. And they're and making ears references off and, to pop songs. Yeah, so it's like um, it's a
1: weird movie. Yeah, and at the time it would have been
0: really, really weird. Yeah, exactly. To the
3: yeah, to the and none of these people are really likable. You're not really rooting yeah. for any of these people to get away. Well, Tim Roth uh, eventually. Yeah, I, Tim I don't Rock. know about Tim Roth. Yeah, uh,
0: Mr. White for me, uh, Harvey Keitel the whole time is okay. like he's he's compassionate this whole time. And he's, he's Danny Glover. He's protective of of uh, Mr. Mr. Orange. Mr. Orange and then discovers he's been betrayed this whole time. Yeah. You know. Um. So uh, I I think I think if there is a good character in this movie, it's Mr. White. All right, but subtlety.
4: No, I mean it doesn't. Again, I, I, I feel again, like I want to no, examine. This. I haven't style.
1: like I haven't thought about this. I'm just trying to voice my what's going on in my head. This, this doesn't feel like a movie that deals in theme so much as it deals in. And this is what happened. Like it's more of a retelling of this event. Uh, yeah, t- I could agree with that to an actually. extent.
0: You can. I- I can I now can agree with there's that. Certainly but there's certainly trends over his whole career. Th- but there's certainly you know there's certainly ways that you can. I, I mean I looked at because people have done critical analysis of of these of, of these movies and stuff like there's that.
1: There's like podcasts and shit. People you just know, talk about it, movies. Yeah, know, reading
0: into it and stuff. But um, I mean I read one just to see what kind of things people were talking about. What did it say? Um, basically, it tied in that um, that actually the the Madonna speech at the beginning is important and sta- states the theme, which is that it's about you know it's about this. Uh, a sexually promiscuous woman who who, uh, becomes, you know... uh, uh, Almost uh, reborn. Almost reborn. So basically the idea of redemption through pain and suffering. That's what this movie is about. Uh, And Mr. Orange... (laughs) I don't buy that. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And and so Mr. Orange this whole time... (laughs) You know, Mr. Orange is like the uh, again. I'm not saying I support this, but this is what this this, this <laughs> are you telling? Are you, telling, was, are you about to say s- that
3: M- Mr. Orange is like a virgin?
0: No, I'm yeah. saying uh-huh. uh, Mr. Orange is a, is the uh, <laughs> no, christ like no, no, no. figure because yeah. his blood See, being spilled. A lot of people I went to-, leads oh. to the redemption of of Everyone some of these dies. characters.
2: Mr. Pink doesn't die. A lot of people I went to uh, film implied, school with ended implied. up just as screwed up as that. Whoever came up with that whackball theory, yeah, you know, it's like it. it, it <laughs> I'm not saying again. I'm not become, saying I can. not I, I know, agree I with
0: it, but you can read in theme. You themes can become you just to. so
2: wrapped up yeah. in but, discerning but, deeper meanings that you just become oh totally non-functional. And the
0: article was so long, I'm like, I'm not even going to. Yeah, try but, it I mean,
1: right we've all. talked about, and I think it's a great mandate: reading out from a movie, yeah, not trying yeah. To, not trying to figure out what the theme is.
0: Yeah, using
3: using what's on the frame as as the actual reference. I wouldn't.
0: I wouldn't necessarily put it past. Tarantino, it'll be like, oh yeah, blood and Jesus and whatever, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's the same. But but
3: so. not na- but now the test is if you were to show up on this day if like, you know if you had a time machine and you were to show up on this day of filming and he's like fucking okay we got to get this set up in, in five minutes and you asked him you know what's your movie about thematically like what are you trying to say it's about getting the shot before lunch <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly
0: right well yeah. that's that's a that's a more much more um. I, I remember that on uh, the behind the scenes of Pulp Fiction because they were doing they were doing a thing. Now Pulp
1: Fiction's an, uh, a different
0: beast. in, that, oh, sure, in my sure. argument there. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, but but um, it's very much uh, it, what you reminded me of was there were behind the scenes interview and they were talking about you know. Um, I guess uh, uh, Sam Jackson tried out for uh, audition for something in Reservoir oh, really? Dogs and didn't get it, ah! and they wanted to bring him in for Pulp Fiction. But there's so much yelling, and he came in, <laughs> and he, and he came in on Pulp Fiction. I mean, we should pr- I should probably talk about this when we do Pulp Fiction. But he came in and he was like, they were like, you basically got the part, just do the screen test or whatever. So he came in and he just kind of read it, just kind of like whatever. I got the, you know, you just want to yeah. see me on screen, and they're like, oh, they're thinking of going with someone else because they because like you didn't really bring it. He's like, you told me not to bring. I thought I was just doing a <laughs> thing. I thought I had the so he, he like, drove back and oh, did geez. it and just, like, Mother screamed in it. his face. And, and they're like, oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you got it. But, um, but I'm
1: really worried about this guy.
0: Yeah. yeah. But the, this, in the, uh, uh, towards the end of that, because they, they were talking about just stories from production and stuff like that, and everyone was talking about things like that. And uh, at the end, there was a segment where the the last question you know everyone was kind of answering the same questions you know it's like how'd you get involved with this movie and everyone would tell their little story and you know blah 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 and then at the
2: end it was like what is this movie about and everyone's like i got no idea it's <laughs> like oh well, I yeah. so it was it's not good. really the actor's job though we've talked about yeah. this another you know, thing is you know the director can make his movie and the writer can be you know make the movie about a thing you know about whatever they want to make it about blah 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 it's you know, and, and at least well, at least at least the kind of at least the Well, the actor of, knows. Of, well, you, yeah, the actors should have a you know a general gist, but as we've talked about before, Ed Norton has a gist. Yeah, hey boy, sometimes too much of a gist. Uh, it, but uh, you know, an actor's job is to go. I have to get the guy out of the trunk of the car. That's what I'm doing yeah. at this moment. Yeah. The,
0: the, and the, uh, actually, the the story the story goes like when Mr. Blonde comes in, he's like drinking a thing or whatever. Um, the story goes that the um the guy who plays the cop in his trunk was like i've never i i don't know what that feels like like he wanted to be do yeah like this is like crazy he's method like, thing. i'm gonna get it I, I need to get into it so put me in the put me in the trunk i want to know what it feels like so um i can't remember. what's his, what's his name michael, um, madsen. michael, madsen. michael mr. madsen um who plays mr blonde he he's like okay and he put him in the tr- <laughs> he put him in the trunk and then he was like the he's, he's like you know what i think i'm gonna get it because yeah i was just gonna drive around the parking lot and he's like you know what this, uh, maybe there's something to this method thing. I'm going to get in. So he drove out of the parking lot and drove over the streets and potholes and stuff. And he went through a drive-through. And the thing, the the drink he's drinking when you first introduce him, he actually bought that at the drive-through <laughs> with the guy in his trunk <laughs> and then drove back to the set. I,
2: I hope that's to a to true awesome. story. I think well, it was one of the little details that, you know, wherever it came from, you know, and again, it's, it's, I always thought it was kind of, to me, whether it was intentional, whether it was designed, whether it was whatever, Michael Madsen character is so ice cold that the, the robbery went bad, half the guys got shot, he stepped off and picked up a drink before going to the, <laughs> the rendezvous. That's how cool he is. Like, I'm a little thirsty before, you know. And the like,
1: whole thing was his fault. He's the one that went crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He's the
3: one
0: that shot one of the,
3: the people. For no real reason, other than he's a crazy sadist. Michael
0: Madsen is a fucking badass. He's—he's—he's he's t- he's, he's one of the only people, as the trivia goes, he's one of the only people in this movie that you never see him shoot or harm a- anyone else. Yeah. It's always off screen. He cuts off a guy's ear. Yeah, but the yeah, camera pans but, but away you before you actually don't see he does yes, don't on see screen. Act. Okay. Um,
2: yeah. he—they do say in the commentary, I believe it's in the commentary of the disc we're watching that uh, when Chris Penn comes in and they wrestle around, they pretty much went for it. They just mm-hmm. said, "Okay, just let's just come in and let's just do this," you know, and they just like throw down. And they just start real because they're too big, you know, big, big mooks, and they just went for it. So Chris Penn died recently, too. He yes, died, like, he last did. year.
0: He did, very recently. Sean yeah. Penn's brother, I would assume. Yes. Yes. You
1: can tell. He's kind of the beefy yeah. beefy version of Sean Penn. Blonde does not work him. Why is he blonde? Why would he ever be blonde? I, I hope mean, he's not really blonde. I believe the Penns are blonde.
2: Yeah. not Sean Penn always had this no, sandy hair? Do you have Mr. Blonde?
1: Yeah. Why is his name Mister Blonde? Yeah, it's weird. No, I don't know. Uh, the colors thing makes reference to Pelham One, Two, Three, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't that start happening in that movie? They, the original one.
2: They do. Yeah. The, uh, they. They. Everyone has different. I don't know color, if it, I don't know codes, if it's a, yeah. an homage or not, but I remember that being a thing.
1: I Michael, what Michael the Madsen? fuck is with your tusks?
2: Put your tusks away. Isn't <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that the greatest art direction ever? I, as I recall, it. said You will that, never need tusks in the office. That this office that they shot in, those were there. That they, I believe that's <laughs> the story. That oh my God, we're totally keeping those. Those are fantastic. <laughs> it's oh, like the kind Flintstones. Of, what kind of fruitcake has that in their office? You know?
3: <laughs> Michael Madsen, who is actually a, a very accomplished you know, poet and really? very, very romantic kind of a guy. Yeah. No shit. I came across one of his books. Michael
1: the- Madsen has had a lot of sex.
2: <laughs> we can
1: can just think help. about that. look at, that.
2: I mean, look at these guys. Jesus. This is serious business they're
3: doing. Michael Madsen, who's a happily married down. man with a couple of kids. Do you know Michael Madsen? No, but his son actually goes to Playhouse West. And is he? Is he? That's b- because he had sex, Brian.
1: Brother
2: of oh, ra- yeah, he, Virginia
1: Madsen. Uh, he, I don't know. Chat room? Yeah. Computer. He, he's yeah. married. He. Virginia Madsen. Not, not, Michael Madsen. Not married to Virginia. He's not Madsen. married to Virginia. Married to I believe, Hans-
3: believe uh, brother and sister. Um, I think. But his wife was a student at Playhouse way back when. I can't remember her name off the top of my head.
1: I'm glad we're doing these shows live now because the chat room improves yeah.
3: information so quality. Yeah. A, a, a uh, something about sister. something
1: before I don't remember.
3: Chat no. help. Virgin, Virginia um, Madison the... is his sister.
0: Thank okay, you, Mikey, yes. I thought yeah, so. Yeah. Thank but, you, her.
1: Uh,
2: you. But know, he's like, the pretty one. <laughs> she's pretty good looking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're she, right. She my God, pre- she is a pretty. Look
1: lady. how fucking handsome! Oh my God. Whoa. <laughs> he is
2: dreamy
0: again uh, going into um you know the the successes of this as an independent film um one one really one one way to make a good independent film is get good actors yeah. yeah because because he you know one of the reasons i'm sure this was a very fast shoot relatively speaking um because he just got good actors they knew their bits and he's like we're gonna do this in one and I might we only have time we only for have one. time for one, so we're just going to do it. You guys wrestle each other, and then I'll get one reverse on you because I need your reaction. I'm not going to get it from over there, but other than that, it's yeah. all from here, you know and uh, it, you can shoot a movie really fast that way if everyone is on their shit and you can just go through the scene. you can also edit it
1: pretty
3: quickly yeah, yeah. That too if, if you edit yeah. the movie in your head before you shoot yeah you yeah, absolutely you make your life a yeah. lot easier, yeah. but yeah. at the same time you have to because you are going to fuck things up in and production so you have to make sure you give yourself out yeah and that's the real skill in in directing is being able to walk that fine line of like i know exactly what i need i'm not going to get any more than that but i also going to give myself a little bit of a margin of error
0: Fucking up as a director has made yeah. me a better editor. I will say that. As, as,
2: and Mamet, Ma- David Mamet's advice to directors is always get the entrance and the exit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He says no matter what scene you're doing, oh, I'll never need it. Just, if, Just get it. Get the actor coming into the scene, get the actor leaving the scene. Yep. You never know when that's going to save your ass. So. I, th- I think personally every director and also every actor should,
3: like by law, by act of Congress, have to edit... Their own stuff for
1: at least several distinct projects. Oh, a Democrat for more government. Uh,
3: <laughs> but uh.
1: Da, 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 da. But yeah. Good night, I mean, everybody. That has been our political content for the show. Yes. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> 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 I don't
2: know, I, I'll, yeah. There's a. I'll bring smoke up smoke that cigarette, Michael. On, yeah. He, boy, look at him go. Um. I have a crush on Michael Madsen. Now. I'll bring uh, clearly. Yeah. We I mean, get Work that one out, Ham and Goldblum, you. Yeah, work that one out off the air. If you just get a threesome, he's with got him.
1: an elephant foot.
2: He's like, yeah, there's a foot. He has and every tusks. part of the elephant. There's a there's a theme going on here. Shut yeah. up! If you haven't, if you haven't put it's that
0: not
1: together, a theme. Yeah, the theme is he likes elephant parts.
2: The theme is that that was in the office when they got the location. So you know that's and that's one of the things you know as a movie as a movie person uh, you know I've seen it happen time again. Maybe you guys have seen it happen where people and thank God for the internet because at least the crazy people you know identify themselves. They're a self-selecting set where people will get into some crazy like. Well, clearly in the scene when this happened and that happened, it's like I was there. That was an accident. Nobody yeah. thought yeah. that up. That wasn't deeply meaningful. That was just some shit that happened. Yeah, you know. And the, there's, the, a- there's
0: actually at the very end of. Um garden state of all things but uh um, light on the, the, the wall yeah there's there's a there's a thing where it's like you know the the two of them uh zach braff and natalie portman are like hugging and it's like an uncertain future and blah 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 and it's just drawing back from them in like the the baggage claim and in the back there's <laughs> a guy with the trash a guy with
1: the trash can a wa- guy with a trash
0: can walks out through like a a, a Sliding door. A, a sliding door and the door's open and like the the two characters are perfectly framed in this little box of light that just opens right behind them right, right. before it, the cut and he's like I, when i saw that take i was like oh my
1: god because
0: that's yeah. people are going to just shit and think <laughs> was, i did i'm yeah, a genius some kind of meaningful <laughs> because, thing <laughs> Although,
1: admittedly i think Zach rav nailed garden state in terms of his direction and I his and his I, visual style it was,
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i think the writing <laughs> yeah. was a little pretentious like self indulgent uh, check. yeah yeah <laughs> what
3: what nailed movie it. was it i can't remember the movie but there was it was a sh- it's a classic shot of a guy like looking out the window and it's raining and it's now it's a kind of a cliche shot but you know it's raining and the light is reflecting so the the rain is kind of reflected on his face and it looks like he's crying symbolically. And, like, that's, you know, taken as a great example of, like, this is symbolism put to visual visual. Real genius. No, not (laughs) real genius. Roadhouse. Should be real genius. Not real genius. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. (laughs) Roadhouse. (laughs) But, I mean, that's that's the classic example. I can't remember the the name of the movie for the life of me, but it's like, no, it's just fucking... We took a shot of it. And, uh, but, then, but then we saw the take, and we're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Son yeah. of a bitch. we totally that's using that. That's the thing. That. You, you oh. do at least
0: recognize it when it happens as a, as a filmmaker. Uh, yeah. You're like, no. Oh. <gasps> well, that's, well, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, and that's a, part of what you're looking there's for. There's a term yeah, for it. Yeah, it's you know, called the happy actor. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. You're looking for the, the serendipity. You're looking for, Orange oh, balloon.
0: Look, I'm directing.
1: I didn't check the chat a minute ago, and I should have, because Inside Outcast points out the theme. The undercover cop is the elephant in the room.
2: Yeah, see, no. that is absolute bullshit. That's, but thank you for playing. I don't know that
0: that's a theme. <laughs> yeah, I mean it may be true. That's a but... bad
2: pun that didn't actually exist in the filmmaker's mind. No. But thank you for oh, playing the elephant thing, right? Yeah. Cause well, cause if you, you, the the you, if Mr. Orange
0: had been there, I would have bought that more. Yeah. But that that scene exactly. did not involve Mr. Orange, I do
2: believe the backstory is they got that location, and holy shit, it's decorated with elephant parts. That's wrong <laughs> <laughs> I do believe that's the reason. That's how they didn't
0: Lion King too. <laughs> but it's yeah. but that's a good retcon Inside Outcast. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and
2: that's what I'm talking about. Is Darkman King of retcons? People will people will redcon like you know completely accidental things and go you know in the scene where the background there's a sign that says you know half off and that's because later the guy's going to get his head cut off <laughs> no no, you're a lunatic. <laughs> now, you're an absolute
3: lunatic. Now, one detail we should give them that I, I do believe was intentional is in the background in this warehouse are s- coffins that are standing up and yeah. all and all wrapped. Yeah. And they're
0: well, yeah. I think they put those there.
3: Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the thing. It's like, do, well, well, did actually, you know in the background of reservoirs? Actually, my problems? understanding Ooh. is that
0: this that was a, a uh, an abandoned like funeral home. In, oh, fact, it really? in fact, the big the big, yeah, big coffin crate warehouse. looking thing that that Mister Blonde sits on in a little is bit a is a hearse. Yeah. 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 So, but there are maybe they maybe they put them in like right now. He's sitting on the horse. Yeah. yeah, but there
3: are the same number of coffins as there are characters. That, that's probably intentional. So, yeah.
1: that's, I'm sure yeah. that's intentional. That is a good. That's a good point. That's cool. All right, so now that I can buy. We're it's coming like, up you
2: know, on our uh, torture scene. There are there are things as 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 myself as a movie director. I will put crazy shit in the frame just to try and troll people on the uh. internet. <laughs> just to kind of go, I'm going to try and make someone think this meant something. Check this out. I'm going to try and catch someone. When
3: I, when I direct my first feature, I'm just going to put crosses
2: all through the yeah, fucking I'm thing. Yeah, I'm just going to put all kind of weird crazy shit. You're going
1: to make Steve Reedy go crazy.
0: <laughs> gold, yeah, yeah. blue, yellow, gold, gold, yeah. blue, red, red,
2: <laughs> Now, it's, real quick, this crosses is- Crosses, circles, cubes, be, ah! Before we you just get, have to make sure
0: and violate the rules every so often. It's like, oh, red is for the the girl d- discovering something. Yeah, have someone like, that was the, dressed in blue yeah. the whole
2: movie have red for one scene. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You'll and make them go no People go all crazy on it. Right, IMDB trivia, here we come. <laughs> um, a, a fun little side note uh, is I just- uh, the pointed out something that this movie put Tarantino on the map in a a massive way Um, there's a great book if you want to read about you know how silly the movie industry especially the movie industry in the 90s uh, was Um, it's a book by Jane Hampshire who Brian knows is the uh, founder Uh, of Fire Dog Lake ah Um, Um, Jane Hampshire and her partner Don Murphy were two wannabe film producers who hadn't done a gosh darn thing and this uh, script by an unknown director unknown writer who had never done anything kind of crossed their path and they optioned it for you know four dollars or whatever Um, And then it turned out to be this guy named Quentin Tarantino who made a movie called Reservoir Dogs and got all big and they had one of his scripts that they had optioned. It was called Natural Born Killers. Um, So these two wannabe nobody producer guys suddenly, you know, guy and girl, suddenly had... A script that they had the option for, for one of the, the new hot guy in Hollywood. And it's all about how they rode that rocket all the way to getting Oliver Stone on board and making one of the craziest, loopiest movies ever made, Natural Born Killers, um, which Tarantino spent half of the time half his time uh, trying to get them to not make. Because he it was a script, one of, it's one of his scripts that he'd kind of written before and tossed out there, and he didn't think it was all that good. And if it was going to do it, he kind of wanted to do it himself anyway. But they'd optioned it when, you know, an option for him was like, oh, boy, $70 or whatever
3: they gave him. Sweet. I I can eat today. Exactly.
2: So these people ended up, uh, you know, riding his coattails because suddenly he was the the new darling. And it's like, well, we've got his next script right here. And uh, it became a big thing. And she wrote a whole book about the experience called Killer Instinct, which I just Mm. read recently. But uh, you should check it out because it's it's not exactly kind to Tarantino, (laughs) that book. Um, Because Jane did a few more movies and then she left the film industry. So she was able to, to <laughs> just, ri- just say it. Yeah, to write a tell-all and just go, "Yeah, Tarantino kind of a douche." Um, Did she say like what kind of examples of douchiness? Yeah, she talked about the the ways that you know, or at least you know, presented her evidence of we're pretty sure that Tarantino kept trying to sandbag the project, even though he was telling us to our face he wasn't trying to sandbag the <laughs> project. But
3: seriously, you you can you can tell that Tarantino's a douche. Yeah, it's not exactly.
0: well, it's the kind of thing where it's like if you can if you can get on his good side. I bet he's, like, yeah. awesome to be oh, around. Yeah. Oh, but, sure. But if you're not on his good side, he's totally dismissive of you. Yeah. That's my impression. I don't know. I've never met the guy, but that's my, my kind of impression. Um, I, Which I, is okay. Because I'll
2: vouch for the fact that Cameron's a douche, but I still like his movies. Sure. So.
0: Um, we, uh, we, we've been getting a lot of um, close-ups as they're screaming at each other, and it just struck me that um, this is a particularly well-lit independent movie you know <laughs> kind of it's it's well shot um, it's well lit i mean it's not it's not like I, there's a couple of you know moments where it's like you know the camera moving around a lot but it's it's there's a lot of coverage and stuff yeah um but uh you know it doesn't feel really flat it doesn't feel really dark it just it's think so. just I think it's kind of in, natural i think it's pretty flat i mean it, it is very natural and i don't mm-hmm. think about the
3: lighting at all which is what, right is really what you want yeah but I, there's not a lot of shadow i, I look get at it look there's yeah. shadow everywhere well, i mean there's know? not a lot of
1: like fincher Shadow.
3: Oh no, where, it's where not it's dark. dark yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That, That's what I'm. But I'm saying, you know, I, I, just, I obviously lights sense, have shadows.
3: Yeah, I definitely get the yeah. sense they they lit the whole warehouse and they just went with it, and I they could, had yeah. a couple of lights to. Oh well, we need to bring up Harvey a little bit, yeah. so let's bring in this, you know, six fifty yeah. and kind of a thing.
0: But it's definitely you know the, a lot of a lot of indie movies now. Part of the problem is there's no lighting at all. Yeah. They just do what's natural. But you don't need it whatever. if you're shooting
1: on a seven D. <laughs> yeah, so they say those new Reds. You know, you don't even need to light them.
0: Yeah. So like that's that's more true for the red than it is for that the is 70. That is true for the red. But that's what
2: that's what Soderbergh says. <laughs> Don't even have to light? Oh yeah, we've his his movies are doing look awesome. <laughs> <laughs> did not yeah. Soderbergh do Traffic? Yes, he did. Yeah. Not going to talk
1: to that guy about color correction <laughs> or lighting.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh man, the, the informant is like orange. It's just all orange because he shot it all outside at I night think it's cuz the
1: logo is already made and it was an orange logo <laughs> and they're like we want to tie this in. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so Michael Madsen's gonna go. cut on this guy a little Here's bit. Here's the scene. And yeah. it's the fucking
2: song Steeler's Wheel. Yeah. It's so like I grew up on that song and they turned it into like some kind of weird torture song. It's freaky.
3: Yeah, this song doesn't mean anything else to me. <laughs> yeah. It just me means that to, exactly. me
2: it, to me it's it means driving around in a seventy two Chevy Nova trying to trying to get girls to like touch me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but only to Michael Madsen Was the song
2: associated with success? <laughs> um no, that would be only the Good Die Young was my guy. Uh, Alright, nice. One of the T- Still sign the, of soundtrack, the sign- soundtrack, of my young life. Sign
1: of the times. Uh, let's see, my successful song was on "The Fragile" by Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> yeah, wow,
2: that'll taint you for life. She was a very, was very nice, lovely girl. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> Only the good die young. in paradise by the dashboard light, appropriately enough. Oh wow, thank you very much.
1: You know, my mom loved that song. Wait, I know she does. Wait, <laughs> yeah,
2: I know she does. My God, I really know she does. Oh Jesus. So this scene is, this, this is one of those scenes that's kind of, before I saw this movie, the scene is is legendary, and when I finally got around to watching it, you know, it's kind of like, okay, but... Yeah. Uh, well, but it's, it's, well, if you
1: know what's going to happen, then it's just like, all right, I'm waiting for it. But if you don't know what's going to
2: happen... Yeah, no, the, like, it's it's well, it's, all, it's, it's beautifully done. What I'm saying is, uh, you know, I, I always, oh, there's a scene with the ear and the blood and Michael Madsen and Steeler's wheel, and I'm like, okay. And so watching it, yeah, I can see why this, why this scene sticks with people's minds, because it is, you know, it's just so excruciating, like, oh my God come on. Because when is he going to, you're like, oh, God, he's going to do it. it. It's great. Especially the part where, again, this is indie filmmaking at its best, where Madsen's about to walk out into the parking lot to the trunk of his car and come back in. And we're going to watch the entire process. (laughs) We're going to go with him the whole way and the whole way back. It's, It's It's another one of those scenes that the shoe leather comes with the shoe, the foot, the ankle. Yeah, the whole
1: thing.
3: It's one of those famous examples of people freaking out about violence in cinema, and this is too violent and yeah. as a society. And we're being Yeah, it's like, you see a man cut off another man's ear. No, you don't. No, you yeah. don't. You don't actually see that at all. Yeah. It you just, works, it you works just, because- You just
0: spend five minutes building up and imagining what that's going to look like yeah. when he finally does so, it. So you blame your own so
2: imagination. Terrible. Do not yeah. blame yeah. American cinema. Yeah, really. You sick bastard. <laughs> the way you imagined that horror- I and I scene. thought
3: you cared about our children. <laughs> yes
2: think of the children
0: won't someone please think of the children he put that tape all the way back on that guy's hair yeah that's just mean that's (laughs) gnarly
2: this as talking about a method i don't think uh you know this actor here it's like michael Manson coming at me with a gun even though i know the gun's not loaded i'm still gonna be like freaking out i'm (laughs) like no i'm just i'm scared to death i think the crow
1: has already happened by this point hasn't it yeah when did the crow come out i don't know 90 91
2: yeah, I'm afraid of guns especially at that point at Michael Madsen wasn't the trigger man at least in that movie yeah. but hey hey, you don't know where Michael Madsen was or wasn't on that day <laughs> yeah. no I actually know but I know well the actor who did have that unfortunate accident is known I mean we know who that actor was but uh, it wasn't he was just a fall guy for Michael Madsen <laughs> yeah. Michael Madsen set the whole thing up I just imagine Patsy.
3: I just imagine Michael Madsen in the shadows of the crow set yeah. Good. Yeah. good and then he just bleeds away dude can I see
2: that gun for a second here you go yeah <laughs> That's just totally. Yeah, I just safe. wanted to make sure it was safe here. Yeah. yeah. This, hey, you're the guy from the beginning of War Games. Yeah. We yeah. Live, yeah. That's right. Let me see the gun. We live in a we live in a world where straight razors now only exist for one purpose, and yeah. that's to do horrifying things <laughs> to people in movies. Where do you even get a straight razor? Where do you go to get a straight razor?
0: There now? is this. Now, this I can see people being like, Jesus Christ, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. getting that close up, but. um uh, yeah, you can, there are uh, a couple of old-timey barber shops that'll still give you a shave with a straight razor. Yeah. We so. talked about that with Eddie. I forget which movie uh, it was. Chinatown.
1: Oh. Chinatown. No. The, um, you were there? I was there, but um, it was I forgot. I have a friend uh, from the Dave School, and then he worked at ILM for a while, worked on Star Trek and Harry Potter 6, and uh, he's, his whole thing was, um, you know, I never wear suits, and I found that when I had to rent a suit, just go in and say, whichever movie you want to look like. And he's like, for prom, I just went in and said, uh, or not prom, Something I, I said, uh, Reservoir Dogs? And the guy just said, come on.
2: <laughs> come in the back.
0: There we go. Yeah. And then it just so there you go. up and over. Watch your head. Watch yeah. Symbolism. See, I ah. get
2: it. It means nothing, people. Calm down. <laughs> it was
1: just there. Yeah. Ear cutting is to Reservoir Dogs as rape is to Shawshank. <laughs> okay. The camera leaves. Yeah,
2: sure. yeah. You don't actually see
1: it. And then we get You little... do see the ear, though. So a that trouble. gels in appliance. There, yeah, you don't right see the now. semen in
2: Shawshank.
0: I like when he, I like when he talks into it though. He's like, "Hey, how you <laughs> yeah, doing?" No, that's that, a, that part is funny. It's like,
2: "How twisted can you be?" Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. "Hello, is this thing on? Hello. Hello. Hello."
1: You know Michael Madsen's having a ball with this role though. Oh no, oh, of course yeah.
2: he's he's going, "This is the greatest role I'll ever have."
3: Yeah. Oh, well, it goes back, you know. Write
1: it write a part that actors want to play.
3: Yeah, he's like they'll this have is fun So way. crazy how
2: over do the you time? write a part that it. you know an actor's going to want to play? Well, you, know, write bad you have to have some kind of skill, which many movie writers don't. <laughs> Here we have. go. Here we go. We're gonna watch. Oh, we're gonna go with him all the way out to the parking lot, to the trunk of his car, and all the way back, <laughs> just because. Hey, that makes the movie two minutes longer. <laughs> hey, where'd the Jenny go? The Jenny was right out there when they came in. <laughs> I saw it. Yeah, along with the Jenny operator.
0: What is he getting out of his trunk right Get now? The, the gas. gasoline. Ah, uh-huh, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whereas, but but you know, again, this this doesn't. I I don't think you feel like oh this is a two minute shot in it because you're cause at this point after what he's just done you're like oh god what's yeah, what is yeah. he doing now now
2: you're totally on board they're like <laughs> oh no guess oh, how no. you know because you
3: you already know he's going to raise the stakes yeah. with whatever comes next <laughs> yeah. so the longer it takes to get to it that it could be point, anything it
2: could be a chainsaw It'd be funny if yeah, you know, pull that like a nail clippers yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no not the or, nail clippers or tweezers
1: yeah mm. but then be just, just you'd be terrified you'd be like what's longer. he going to do with the tweezers
3: he's
2: taking the knife out of the cheese you think he wants a piece of cheese.
3: Oh, my fingernails hurt just thinking about that. Oh, <laughs> God.
2: there's Tim Roth going. Am I even in this? Yeah, yeah. Tim, you gotta. Am I in the frame? Yeah, Quentin? You, Oh, you're totally in the frame. This is a scene all about you, Tim. Yeah. Actually, I'd in probably, subtext, that's yeah.
0: probably not too bad a, a gig. Just being like, I get to just, I get to just sleep yeah. and get paid to can be I, here. Can all I right. chill. That's
3: cool. But it, it's a Terminator thing, right? Where somebody calculated how much Schwarzenegger got paid per word he said. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I, I would imagine it's a similar thing for Tim Roth in this film. Yeah. That's going to
2: sting.
0: That's going to sting like a sumbitch. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is nasty. And then, you know, it's a, the only thing that will, will make you feel okay about this is to realize that this movie doesn't have anywhere near the budget to actually set the guy Ooh. on fire. Yeah. <laughs> so that can't possibly happen. So you know, <laughs> you know he's going to be all right. He's not going to get set on fire because they didn't have that kind of budget.
0: That's pretty good makeup on the air, too. Apparently
1: oh, yeah. when he says, I've got kids, that was an ad lib, and it freaked out Michael Madsen. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Wow. We can't watch the scene, guys. We have to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think, like I said, as an actor, I'm not even an actor. I bet I could have played the scene. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. This guy. This guy oh, God. Oh, God. This guy's good. He's I'm not knocking his die. performance yeah. at all. You know?
0: Yeah, just flail. Try and yeah, get out. Just
2: like, yeah. Yeah. Just.
0: He's going to set your ass on fire. <laughs>
2: Good it's stuff. so cold. Are you done? Yeah. Are you done yet? Oh, It'd be funny to... It's funny. You'd think that's Gary Sinise. You'd want that to be Gary mm-hmm. Sinise. You know, it's like, why yeah. wasn't that Gary Sinise? This movie would be a perfect movie if it was Gary Sinise. Yeah. This didn't happen, but we're going to invent this story, and we're going to try got, to get it onto IMDb, okay? You've, you've almost forgotten that <laughs> okay. he's there by yeah. this point. And they're like, wait, what? I'm like, wait, huh? <laughs> okay.
1: Here's the story, guys. Stick to it, okay? When they were filming this, they were using water for gasoline, and they used two takes. And the first take, the guy didn't successfully convince Michael Madsen not to light him on fire, so he dropped the Zippo in the water, and the guy freaked the fuck out, having forgotten it was water. Tell the story to your friends. (laughs) <laughs> That's good. We're okay. going to get on Snopes, bitches. Yeah. Tell the People.
2: I, s- I saw it on a special features. It's on one of the yeah, discs. Yeah, yeah if yeah. you get the 10th anniversary ah, disc. Yeah. It's, it's a hidden, it's, it's, a hidden. Not, it's an Easter egg. actually has It's have not the, take.
3: the 10th anniversary, it's like the 12th anniversary yeah. DVD. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't, an it wasn't Tell say.
3: Us Any, but it's, it's, hard it's there. To
0: find. It's find. It's the UK import. Yeah, but they totally have it. <laughs> Everything's
2: better it. in the UK. I totally saw it. The
1: professional was way better in the UK. There
0: we go. Now he's like, oh, I get to perform again. Yeah,
3: good blood. And now I'm back in the movie. That
1: blood's kind of terrifying.
3: They had a medic on sets, like. To to give blood? No, to, to be <laughs> no, no. like
0: this is how much blood he would have lost yeah. by this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh
3: cool.
2: Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, he's never gonna get the stain out of that shirt. That's <laughs> yeah. for sure. I mean like, it's a good makeup job on him too. He's he's about ready Very to be pale. in He's about ready to be in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's turning blue.
0: Dude, that
1: would be a second magic bean if ever there fucking was one. <laughs> <laughs> he died and then
2: <laughs> and he and then just then goes he comes, and then he's a
0: zombie. That's actually the, the whole uh, time
2: we never knew it was a zombie movie. There's a um, There really isn't a magic bean in this movie. That could be our first one. There's a Reservoir uh, of Zombies.
0: There's a there's a um Japanese movie called Versus that's sort of the, the 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 thing is it's kind of there's like a magic forest or something, so like some gangsters take someone there to kill them and they do and but they like they're gonna kill a couple people, so they they kill one of them, and they're like threatening the other one, and then the first one comes back, and they're like, oh my god, shit. <laughs> but but my what I love about what I love about the scene that's so awesome is that the the like boss gangster he like, see, the, you know they kill the zombie and it goes down and you know they destroy the brain, so it's fine. Um, and he like he looks at the the zombie on the ground and is like, hmm. And he decides to like test it. So he just shoots one of his guys, just kills him. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? Starts freaking out. And he just puts up his hand like, no, no, let's wait. Hold on. <laughs> and then the guy comes back and they kill him. He's like, okay, I see what's going on here. <laughs> but oh, uh, I, I, I always love that because he's like, oh, hold on. wait, I'm doing something. <laughs> you know, I want to see how this plays out. <laughs> yeah.
3: You know what would be great if you had a movie that started out like this or however it did. And then it turned into the zombie movie. And you have one of the characters go, I was like, oh. I didn't realize that this is what this was going to be about.
1: Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that's okay. what we were doing. Who knew? If someone said that in sunshine, you have the movie already. Here we go.
2: Deep split focus diopter. Yeah, oh, it's that looks it's like, it's, that weird. Looks it's weird. weird. It's weird. Yeah, it's totally weird. But um,
0: I, I was just just it's this, one of those things where
2: you go, "That's not done." And it was like, "Well, who says?" Yeah. Come on, you know. It's it like, is cool. I like it.
0: Just this it's just like, this a, week, I was like, talking about what's how
2: the funny. Why
3: does the back of his head have to be in focus? Yeah,
0: to to do some kind of um.
3: It's like a bifocal
0: lens. Uh, split split level diopter is what it's called. Um, th- like uh, I can't remember how we got on this conversation. I was talking to some other people, but it was like doing a, a Reservoir Dogs crossover with Lord of the Rings where like Fro- it's Frodo's just been stabbed and they're <laughs> oh, they're man. in Rivendell and they're all like, what the fuck, man? What's going on? <laughs> what like, happened? Just totally freaking out. The <laughs> fellowship I like, is breaking down. Yeah, <laughs> <I>, that's genius. <laughs> I was like, that's hysterical.
2: Has someone <laughs> actually kind of done that or that? someone just- No, we the... were just talking about oh, it. That was something okay. that we came up to well, talking about. We're going to have to edit this part out because I don't <laughs> want nobody else to get that idea. That we have to do something. Day. Reservoir, what reservoir is it? Reservoir Orcs, Res- yeah, something. Yeah. God damn it! Rivendell dogs. Rivendell dogs. Rivendale yeah, dogs. Right. There it is. There you go. perfect. Rivendell dogs. <laughs> Green light. <laughs> <laughs> and, now, I, and Frodo's a cop. I love. Yeah, it.
0: <laughs> I, I will, Yeah, I will say that um, uh, I, the guy in the chair. I'm not as big a fan of his acting. Once he's not having Michael Madsen threaten him. Because he's like, I <laughs> like make. I mean, that's probably what you do if you had blood and shit all over your face. He's, been, he's but, been punched a couple times. Yeah, he's like gnashing his teeth constantly and stuff. Gnashing is a
1: word I've never used out loud. No. Oh.
0: Wow. <laughs> Moving on. There okay. you go. You were there for that <laughs> to see that happen. You actually
2: heard gnashing
0: used. Yeah. in Yeah. Uh, is this of the same bar or the same diner as Pulp Fiction? mm Hmm. I believe so. Yeah. It certainly uh, could be. I don't think so.
2: Looks like it. <laughs> is that Sam Jackson? Is that Sam Jackson? <laughs> No, He's this guy's wild. not gonna yell. Scarlett Wilde's no. this bad motherfucker.
4: <laughs>
1: My penis can tell when Sam Jackson enters a room. Okay.
4: Whoa.
2: Okay. All right. This, that's uh, this, this Johnny's, isn't that Johnny's down in Wilshire? Yeah, that's yeah. the same place I think. Yeah. Which is a which is a diner that still sits it's right by there. the airport for people who don't live in. Uh, no, it's uh, the one on Wilshire is the one I'm thinking of. Um, it's nowhere near the airport. It's in the Miracle Mile, but um, the. Uh, For people who don't live in L.A., there's a diner that's been around forever, but it hasn't been a diner for years. It's been a movie location (laughs) for years. Um, And I think this is Johnny's because it has that huge sparkly sign out front. Wilshire and Highland, give um, or take, I think. Isn't
3: it right next to that auto museum down in that area? Near um, Lackmud that kind of yeah, section? Yeah, that, that zone. Yeah. I,
2: I, think, I keep thinking of it as Wilshire and Highland or Wilshire and Boy or something like that. I but
3: think it's though. like Wilshire and La Angeles. or something Yeah, like that. but
2: it's it's called Johnny's. but it, it looks like a diner and it's always lit up, but it's not a diner anymore. It hasn't been forever. Now it's just used for when people need that 50s diner. If people were making a zombie movie in Hollywood and they hold up in there, that could be a fun plot
1: twist. <laughs> Guys, this isn't a diner. Of course it's a diner. <laughs> <Yeah>. no, it's <laughs> there's a no mo- supplies in here. There's it's a st- movie set. There's a stinger <laughs>
2: and a flag, yeah. and no food, and some and some sides from an episode of Desperate Housewives. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. We yeah, filmed an
1: episode of Desperate Housewives here at our little diner that we uh, we always go to right across the street from here. Oh, really? Did? Yeah,
2: oh, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. And and just after you said that, Mister Orange goes, "Bing!" <laughs> it's like that's awesome, and that's how we know we're in sync. Yeah. And now we're back into Tarantino where a guy we don't we don't even know, they have a long conversation about something. Yeah. It's like this is before Laden with pop culture. All right, now, exactly. now
1: I want you to imagine this. Make that the whole movie and make it in French. <laughs>
0: yeah. Then it would work. Yeah. It would work just fine. That's, those thing. are the movies he watched, motherfucker.
3: I know. It's like, like
0: the thing. <laughs> yeah. Tim Ross' ax- American accent is pretty lousy in this movie. It's the worst. <laughs> I didn't even his- realize he was doing better. an American accent. I swear to God, I thought he was just. Uh, I'm British. <laughs> I'm just going to do it. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's,
2: br- he's British and slightly brain damaged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was going for. <laughs> he's had a he's had a stroke or two. Yeah. just, just a couple. Just a couple of strokes. This literally this actor is like, you know, Sam Jackson you know Sam Jackson read for this part. Yeah. <laughs> he just he just wasn't Sam Jackson yet. Yeah.
0: But he wasn't a, he wasn't Sam Jackson enough. Yeah. He didn't come in and like start screaming. We're he looking for a talked. Sam
2: Jackson type, we just don't call it that because Sam Jackson isn't famous yet. Yeah. I think Sam Jackson it was, isn't a I type think yet. it was
1: uh seven where uh, the character of California was written as a John C. McGinley type, and John C. McGinley ended up getting the role. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's, that's, that's the kind of thing you want to have. That's
1: out. Hollywood and Highland right
2: there. It's totally, that's the, I was going to say, that's the church, isn't it? That's the yep. church of Hollywood and Highland.
1: Right on the other side of where that thing is, like below it and on the other side of it, is where the uh, Oscars were for like 10 years recently. I think they just moved. Did uh, they move they're again? They're not at the Kodak
0: Theater. No, they're not at the Kodak, not at the Kodak Theater? Still at Kodak. They, they I built, thought I'd heard that they moved to well, the a Kodak Theater. Well, the Kodak didn't exist yet, yeah. but yeah. They, they it, built the Kodak location. Theater
2: to have the Oscars in, so it'd Isn't be crazy the, if they moved.
0: That, and the Kodak is right next to the Chinese Theater, which is probably the one we should be <laughs> calling out, because yeah. that's been there forever. Yeah. That, that's the famous with and, and a handprints And straight
2: down, if you draw a line from Tim Roth to the church in the back, is you're pretty much Magic Castle. Yeah, totally. Magic Castle Franklin and maybe La Brea?
1: Between La Brea and Highland? Yeah. Magic Castle's cool. Yes, I would great. love to go there sometime. I've never been there. Last it's time, uh, last
0: time I went there, it was like people seriously doing like you really. I came to the Magic
2: Castle and you just did the Linking Rings routine. <laughs> not ironically, not, not ironically, you just did it. All right, <laughs> <So> <laughs> you have to go when there's good guys there. And th- <laughs> yeah. there's actually been a weird political split at the Magic Castle recently, where some some people have fallen out of favor with the Magic Castle. It's very weird. Well, is there, there's a why are we talking about this? It's like a because it's right now. This because it's you know we're looking at Tim Roth in a white because wall because it's germane to the film. It totally is. There's a there's it's like steeped a, in Hollywood lore. That's what a,
1: gerrymandering thing going on where they can't actually afford the magic castle anymore so they're charging members in a way that they haven't before to try to keep it open. Ah, there you go. That might be what's going
2: on. There's uh there's uh you know, there's not a lot to talk about when you've got tim roth and a big white roof. You know? Yeah. Which is like, where is this building? Wait a minute, this, is this across the street? Do we think that that that's Highland?
1: No, I think Highland is going. Because the church is right on the corner. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Highland is going from right to left across the screen. Ah, okay. is that is that the church that's Franklin so we're, and Highland we're on top
0: of the Chevron yeah. station? Oh, is that the Silver
2: Surfer. No, 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 now it's, now it's a Tarantino Island. movie. You no, no, it's
0: behind Hollywood. Hollywood and Highland is where the Kodak is. The church yeah. is several blocks behind that, so it would be Franklin. Yeah, Silver yeah, yeah. Surfer.
2: I think now you're now wrong. You know it's a I will prove you wrong here. No, that
3: that church is definitely at Franklin. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad we settled that. Well, that, that church, the the gymnasium of right that. Right now, there's is like there's the like gym- an
0: American Outfitters or something at the corner yeah, of Hollywood yeah. and Highland.
2: And the giant iPad advertisement. Yeah. What does that poster say? The Kamikaze Cowboy? Yeah, I yeah. think so. All right, comic people, that's a thing? Because I know the Silver Surfer's yeah. a thing. That's it's, it's Tarantino going, look, I know stuff about pop culture-y things. I think, I think I think there cool. is
0: a gag where you know he's he's big into comics, so he's got a couple action figures, and the thing is one of the action figures he has on his uh, oh, nice. shelf
3: as the well. The thing, motherfucker, yeah. looks just like the thing. What the hell are you <laughs> doing, Tim Ra?
2: <Roth? laughs> just do it, British. Just yeah. do it, British. Just, just be British. Why not? Well, then he can't be a cop, really. It doesn't I guess make, that's it, true. It doesn't make sense for him to be a cop. He's he's from British intelligence. <laughs> he's undercover, working in America. <laughs> yeah. Now this this is um, That's quite something to yeah, look at. Yeah. This is the this <laughs> is the, uh, the this is right across the street from the Bob Baker uh, Marionette Theater. This is First wrong. This is the That's not
0: the church we're, that's not the church we're talking about. Yes it
1: is. That's the same church that was in the shot.
2: Okay,
0: Hollywood and Highland. Hollywood Highland. Well, we were talking about a different church. Yeah. Then you're just re- you're retconning again. That's Brian Penupter <laughs> no. for you. So <laughs> what? that wasn't
2: the church at Hollywood and Highland.
0: The church in the shot was at Hollywood. And the Highland. church we were talking about was the one at Franklin it was a and different Highland, church. Highland. But but the, the thing Franklin in, the, in the, the thing yeah the thing in the shot is at Hollywood and Highland. Oh, the, okay. the top of the the steeple. Oh, so, yeah. it's,
2: but it's not a church. It's a building. Yeah. 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 Oh well, there we go. But so we were one block off, and yet we yeah. were wrong. Anyway, that uh, that graffiti-covered building is that's the former. Exit station where the the Pacific Electric used to come out from underground, coming through downtown. Um, oh, that's by and, where the theater was. Yeah, and become and becomes a uh, becomes a became a trolley, an above ground trolley, um, and it's this big uh, this big. Uh, it's covered up now. I think it's finally been finally been torn down. But it was this the tunnel that used to go all the way under downtown, um, and the and the trolley car used to go under under L.A. But um, and the exit was just. Always, it was right by the Bob Baker Marinette Theater and people were just decades and decades of graffiti on what used to be the, the, uh, the exit station there it was a very cool is a tunnel that tunnel you see in a lot of movies too big, uh, big arched tunnel would be in a lot of films Bruce Willis needs to walk into the background of the scene.
3: I was just thinking that. Like, at the other end of the room is Bruce Willis and Ving <laughs> Yeah,
0: This is, uh, you know.
3: The, Wouldn't and... that
2: be awesome if that actually go look, oh, there they are. Yeah. They're there.
3: Well, supposedly, uh, they occur within the same universe. Supposedly, Michael Madsen's character is related to John Travolta's yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they're both
0: Vegas. Vegas, yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. uh, no kidding. And the signal, ironically, came from them.
0: Hmm? No.
2: <laughs> oh, no. I. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Sure, I get it.
0: Oof. But um yeah, in fact, there was gonna be there was gonna be some movie about them. They yeah, were gonna like they're, straight, it was, like their brothers, the Vega brothers. Yeah, brothers. I think yeah. it was gonna be called That's the Two fun. Vegas or something, and it was gonna be about a, a heist that they went on together or something yeah. like. But um th- th- this, of course, is is interesting because it's one of it, again early Tarantino. It's one of his meta things, kind of getting into. uh you know, of, of filmmaking and and in this case acting because you see him going through the rehearsal process and you see yeah. him improvising once he's really in, uh, internalized the character and yada yada yada. But this, um, this
3: sequence in particular is I think one of the uh, more obvious instances of Tarantino going look at me direct! Yeah, I'm yeah. directing a me, thing! Be a director! Uh-huh.
2: And It's kind of cool. I mean, it's like, it's I'll a give cool him I'll yeah. points yeah. for him being cool, you know. That, uh, you know, it's like, all right, you yeah, know, it's worth a try. It's, it's, it's,
0: and it's, you know, it's, it's, like I said, I'm trying not to be like an ugly story. American about it. Like, oh, yeah, okay, I yeah, see what you're doing. It's got a story purpose. You know, he's, this is how he gets into the gang, is by telling this story in a convincing yeah. way. Yeah. And it,
3: it's doing it this way makes us forget the fact that it is just a story that he just learned. Yeah. yeah. And it, it helps convince us of the lie that he's trying to convince the, yeah, the gang exactly. members of. Yeah,
0: Meh. but i forget what they're talking about so yeah <laughs> well and this it's, this it's
3: actually funny because the the cop within the story is just telling his own story yeah. and it's like oh so wait so wait, wait a second ta- wait tarantino you're you're telling <laughs> no, me a story tarantino tells a story and, when then, he's in the and then
0: and then that cop story it's like yeah. inception where you just yeah. keep going
3: down and down you tarantino, tarantino tarantino was... you're telling me a story about a guy telling a story about another guy telling a story <laughs> within the, fir- the, the within the second guy's fake story right right <laughs> all right
0: so, whose story are we in right now? <laughs> it's just story. It's stories all the way down. Yeah,
2: it seems wrong to me that not one of those four guys is now famous.
0: Yeah, you. One did. of
2: those, one of those chip guys should go. See that guy? Totally, John Leguizamo. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of those guys should be one of those guys, but no one is. So that's really sad. Yet, ah, Yet. there you go. That's the truth. That's what. It means. And they're all glaring. And they're and I'll all bet all you it's gonna like be Tarantino's this guy friends. with the mustache.
1: Look at him! Wow. Paul
0: Newman. That I think is... it's just going to be his mustache. That's what's that's happening. His happened. mustache, is his mustache be has been appearing in movies for years.
3: <laughs> well, his mustache <laughs> later went on to sign with Sam Elliott. So, yeah. <laughs> a big boost to its career.
2: <laughs> it's became Sam Elliott's stunt mustache. <laughs> Doubled for Sam Elliott's mustache in countless movies.
3: <laughs> and this guy, Lawrence Tierney. Lawrence Tierney, who is just as much of a like hard ass bastard in real life that he plays in. Uh, oh, is movies he? Movies like this, yeah. Do you know him? No, no, no. Uh, but there, who do you know? There's a because he played uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's dad in one episode of Seinfeld, and he also did a character early on in uh, Next Generation. And Will Wheaton actually has a story, I think, in Dancing Barefoot or something like that, where. Will Wheaton was this, you know, really awkward like fourteen or fifteen year old kid who was a geek. He just
1: stepped onto the fucking Enterprise. He
3: was like, he was really self conscious about being a, a geek and also being famous, and it kind of did a number on his psychology. And, you know, he he didn't play football or sports or anything, and you know, was kind of self conscious about that. And they were on set while they were filming his episode, and they, Lawrence Tierney was like, "You play football, kid?" And Will Wheaton <laughs> was like, uh, "Uh, no." And Lawrence Tierney just goes, "What are you, some kind of faggot?" <laughs> <laughs> Just freaked. Will we? Wow. Out. Yeah. Wow. And then, I mean, he played um, Elaine Louise Louis Dreyfus' dad in in Seinfeld, and apparently was such a bastard.
0: They were like, "Yeah, we're never going to see that. Yeah, character we'll again. never yeah. see
2: Elaine's dad ever again.
0: Yeah. Wow. He died. We'll do his funeral. Yeah. There <laughs> he we'll he closed casket. It'll
1: we'll
2: become
4: like the...
1: the coffin would start yelling at you. Yeah. <laughs> Let me out. <laughs>
0: It look. It's weird to see because I guess he's, you know, was that
3: Gray Sports Almanac that he had? <laughs> <right here? laughs> Gray's Sports, sports almanac. almanac. Look, there's a cross on the wall.
2: Bam! Oh, dan, and it's colored colored. Yeah, oh. it's like it's like a kid made it. You know, I was like, what is that doing there?
0: He likes his extreme close ups. That's too. the biggest
2: close up of change I've yeah. seen in a movie. It's really quite something.
3: Oh, did you not see the uh, Obama documentary? Wow,
2: <laughs> wow, wow, yuck, yuck, Good yuck, night, everybody. Yuck, yuck,
1: yuck, 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 that's yuck, a wrap for Brian. Yuck,
2: yuck, yeah. yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> that was... Oh, now
0: I want to see... Fruit Brute. Fruit Brute. <laughs> that's the name I of like the i like some cereal. Fruit Brute cereal, please. <laughs> and again with a
2: silver server poster. <laughs> yeah. Because... Fruit
3: Brute was a real cereal, though, wasn't it? It was like something... I don't, I I don't think... think I I actually, cereal. you know what? I... No,
2: I think it actually is. It's, yeah. it's right up there with... Uh, it's Count Chocula and booberry and all that. No,
3: because that's the story. It's a werewolf it's the werewolf series cuz there was like a trifecta and that was the one that No, failed.
0: there was a mummy one. There was a mummy one.
2: Well, and that too, that, there's Booberry. Booberry. Booberry's a ghost. Fruit, fruit
3: was the one that never took off.
2: Yeah. Uh, and Tarantino... Booberry was sweeping the nation meanwhile. <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> the point being Tarantino had It's Frank and Frankenberry, but one of also Tarantino's Blueberry. crazy oh, yeah. crazy obsessions is old yummy, discon- yummy old
2: mummy. Uh, cereal. yummy there mummy discontinued There you go. I never yeah. had See count- yummy mummy. Doesn't matter what flavor it is, I'm not eating that. I'm not eating it. I'm sorry. I have never had- it.
0: Count Chocula. I'm I realizing this chocolate. right now. It's chocolate. It's a bowl of chocolate. It's I want it, is. it. I've decided. I want it. I will have count chocolate. I <laughs> want to know.
1: I want to know. That's yeah. that's I now. I want to go to there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's on. That's on my. That's on my bucket list. See, if have we can, count chocula, all we need to do I is. I don't get, have a, a very complex ca- bucket list.
2: If we continue this conversation for two more minutes, we are the <laughs> opening scene of a Tarantino movie. Those guys are oh. talking about movies, and somehow they went. They talked about fucking cereal for five minutes. I, I am after sure. spending two minutes talking <laughs> about a church in fucking Hollywood that wasn't even in the movie.
3: I am sure if that has not been done, that must be done. So, somebody. <laughs> characters spending five minutes talking about tarantino dialogue would be
0: the
2: greatest surely that's yep. been done you guys you're you're right yeah. in that, french that is in the in family
0: french. it's count chocula frankenberry Booberry, yummy mummy and, and fruit, fruit, fruit fruit
2: there you go <laughs> full sad, of information sad sad <laughs> see that's sad.
0: about the movie <laughs> yeah that totally relates <laughs> It it also shows up in pulp fiction. It's the cereal that Eric Stoltz is eating. Yeah. Oh
2: my god. Okay, that's pretty <laughs> right awesome. Right before they then. take it away from him and <laughs> replace it with, with... <laughs> <laughs> Is it
4: I wonder it's if it's been this...
2: 25 years. It's too soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and replace it with Fox chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is this the? Is this a, this is the same setup, obviously, but like I almost feel like that's the same car as in Pulp Fiction. Like they just have the camera <laughs> yeah. on the side of it. Camera's they came back to it Two years two later, two
2: years later, the camera was still mounted to the car. <laughs> it was perfect. It was just in Tarantino's lawn. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna use this again, totally someday. And and give me that box of cereal. I'm gonna hang on to that yeah. too. I would. I
0: I feel like I would be the kind of if if I had like a ca- a car got mounted with a camera and stuff. I'm like, don't take it off. Yeah, I'll no, use it again. It's so hard to <laughs> do. <laughs> just
2: leave it. Just leave it in place. <laughs> I'll make another movie. I'll just I'll do a whole movie about cars. Yeah, I'll call it Death Proof. We'll be in the car. I'll use it. I'll <laughs> well, shoot nothing yeah. else. But that'll
3: only be twenty minutes of the movie. I'll
2: but yeah. I'll yeah. use it.
0: That, it would have been so much better if it had just taken place in the cars. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Really. At least at least it would have been action in the background. Yeah. Exactly. In those conversations. <laughs> That's
1: a funny idea. Nah. Have your independent film be like in a diner, but have like a transformers walking by and shit in the background <laughs> that's your cloverfield action movie we're missing the entire thing
0: that i i had a I had an idea for that that took that was a, a story that takes place in like a well the the idea was um and it was completely unrelated but like that That saying where, if the dark ages hadn't happened, like we'd be like five hundred years more advanced than we are, yep. so it was a story that takes place in like fifteen hundred a d but the advanced one, which is basically us, and there's this whole crazy it's like steampunk and there's this whole crazy war going off in the background, but the movie itself is just like their version of clerks it's just <laughs> it's just these these couple nice. of people just existing in this crazy world that they don't acknowledge ever at all um, I wanted to do
3: uh last year, I went on a trip with my mom to this uh Really isolated town in northern Canada where like polar bears migrate through. Oh, yeah. And it's really impossible to get through. It's like you can fly there. There's a harbor that's open like three months out of the year and there's a train, but no roads whatsoever. And it's just in the middle of the tundra. I was like, this, you could, I would love to set a zombie movie here Uh and it's just, it's like, it's clerks because the zombies. The Never zombies get can't there. get there. <laughs> Dark Man. Yeah. So they mentioned zombies like two times, and the rest is just this yeah, love story. <laughs>
2: in the ch- in the chat, everyone's being overrun by zombies. In, in the
0: town. chat,
1: Inside <laughs> Outcast points out that your movie is Pink Five.
0: To an extent, yeah. It the basically what, is. His idea oh, of having okay. like
2: clerks in the Weird War. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, That's fair true. Enough. I'll take it. Yeah, but geez, you have to compare my work to clerks. <laughs> <laughs> That's ew, Hey, Jesus.
1: There's a fan film just for that. Let's stick with
2: that. <laughs> yeah, there totally Star is. Star Wars already. clerks is like clerks. Yeah, exactly. That's more like clerks. I am not like Lurk.
0: It's the funny thing is I'm I'm watching and I'm like, they should be wearing their colors. It doesn't it's like it's well, like that's how Power Rangers works, right? That's Yeah, what, really. But they haven't <laughs> powered up yet. That's true. Do they that's form, true, do they they form
2: together to make one giant reservoir dog? <laughs> is that <laughs> how this works? <laughs> reservoir dog powers activate. <laughs> form of Well well dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah form, of, really. form of but a reservoir dog.
0: It's like it's like Voltron but with dogs instead of all cats. <laughs> I guess. (laughs) Voltron's all cats, right? It's all lions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: Lion, lion. Not Tyrannosaurus. What? Wait, what am I thinking? No,
0: Tyrannosaurus are not cats, first of all. (laughs) No, no, but are
1: you talking about the Power Rangers? The Power Rangers, yes. I was talking about Voltron. No,
0: I know that there are dinosaurs and Power Rangers. I was talking about Voltron.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We've become Tarantino again. (laughs) For God's sake.
1: Well, we've, we've, we 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 really should because be yeah. I, this yeah. is real life. I think,
2: I think we're proving the point that we tried to make at the beginning of this. It's like, <laughs> sure, it's entertaining for the four of us, but other <laughs> people are going, "What in the hell Where is this going? Is this, <laughs> where, is this, where are they what going Why am I listening to this?" To
0: it's, be fair, we don't. We, we're not uh, charged with having a plot. <laughs> That's <laughs> that is different. Our, the, the needs of our Quick, show. Quick, Brian, are you have from.
1: to learn something in the over the course of this.
0: Yeah, exactly. Arc, arc. Uh, right uh, now, it's like I've work. learned to trust. Yeah! Yay. Oh, no, too early.
2: Oh. Uh, structure. <laughs> structure. Structure. False, false res- resolution. False resolution. <laughs> false resolution. <laughs> false ending. God, we're assholes. We're, anyway. we're,
3: where's Tesla? I should probably save her at some point. Yeah, yeah. you need to save her.
2: Or kill her, depending on or your killer. character type. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. Now we've jumped all the way back to the beginning of what would be the movie. Yeah. yeah. So This, this movie actually has we'll a start. memento kind of a thing where you could edit this together into a linear movie, I guess. But more or it, less, you know. But, but then, it would be much, much less interesting. Yeah. What would it? What would it be? You know. It'd just be sort of like, oh, okay.
0: It's almost the beginning. The the be- the very beginning would be um, the meeting with him and Mr. White and him and Mr. Blonde.
1: Yeah. Lay really. out the timeline for me here. Yeah. So, so,
0: so
2: the, the The elephant room would be the first yeah. The scene.
0: elephant room yeah. is the opening, and then they bring together their team, which is this, and then would be the diner, and then the the heist flashbacks.
3: Don't forget uh, Tim Roth. With oh the, yeah, with the, the yeah. other police officer. That
0: w- that would be kind of off to the side, happening just as just before they put together the team, probably. Um, in between, basically, in between him talking to the people he trusts and putting together the other team, he would be one of those people. Then we'd have this, then the bank, uh, the the post heist flashbacks, all the action, yeah. pretty much, and then well, all. It's not of a bank; it's a diamond warehouse. But okay. right? Sorry,
2: I misspoke earlier.
3: And the customers, and also do other things. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm
0: an American. He had a stroke, man. <laughs> yeah. you were being You're extremely insensitive. That is so politically incorrect. I,
2: I <laughs> making fun of his Tim Roth's infor- unfortunate problem.
1: <laughs> it's so. Yeah. Like, it's funny. How come Tim is w- it Sam Worthington
2: awful? How is Tim Roth? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah so. Tim so. So. Roth. Sam least... or... well, Tim Roth actually has done. It. I just for whatever reason it's not working here. But yeah, Sam Worthington, the only Australian actor who's ever made it to the states who can't do a flawless American accent because the rest of them all can. I'll
0: be, I'll be uh, honest. I think, um, I think his accent in Avatar was fine.
2: I Salvation
0: it. Terminator Salvation it went yeah. in and out, but
2: his accent in Avatar is fine because it's like it's what five hundred freaking years in the yeah. future. You know, Everything maybe everyone sounds together. like they're American Australian. Yeah. You know, who knows?
0: Exactly, it's, they became yeah. the new economic power. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's like Firefly. Their dollar is stronger and, than ours now. Yeah, instead of America right. and China, it's,
3: it's America and Australia.
0: Australia. Yeah. That would be interesting. Just just go this through is, Firefly, it's basically make, the same. You just, you just change some of the the you know Chinese curse words yeah. to dingo or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> 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 dingo and <laughs> boomerang. Right. Yeah, exactly. Fair dinkum,
2: Mal. <laughs> what? What does that even mean? Like you're speaking Chinese. Well, it would
3: it would make more sense given how little Chinese people there are in the Firefly universe. Right.
0: Exactly. Well, they all. It's all everyone who has a
1: non-speaking role in Firefly is Chinese. I feel like when he made Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah, this. He uh, (laughs) he made Reservoir Dogs again, but just way better and more interesting.
2: He with more
1: characters. And more storylines and more story
2: stuff. Stuff in, <laughs> like, stuff related to the... the... Has he actually been shot? Yeah. Like he's been shot in the head. Yeah. I think yeah. He's yeah. got Not a in bullet the... in his brain. Not in the forehead. He but shot Marvin. He's
0: been grazed and he's yeah. slowly dying. In fact, I think the next time we come back to him, he's just sitting there dead. He's just
2: conked, yeah. Yeah. It's nice that they let him drive, though. Yeah. You know, kids... That was yeah. wise. That was smart of them.
1: Pulp Fiction?
0: Uh, Pulp Fiction is definitely in the same vein. Again, taking place in the same universe, but it's, it's very much in the same vein of... Uh, I mean, this was meant to be a pulp novel type of thing, um, and Pulp Fiction is definitely at least the the um, uh, Vincent and uh, and Jules story is very much about you know. A couple, of, a, a couple of hitmen, a couple, a couple of hitmen, and and what happens after their badass moment? Like in other movies, you see the the hitmen come in and they're badasses and they do their hit and they get out. And he was like, "What happens after that? Like, what if do they go to McDonald's after that? Do they just chat about bulls? What if they fuck up? What if you know something? So that was that was his which impetus cool for premise. that whole story. Yeah, it's a good premise. Yeah. But it but it is very similar to this one, which is about you know. A, it's the heist movie about the heist that goes wrong.
1: Yeah, I guess this movie just feels less refined.
2: To certainly, me. certainly, and that's and you lower know, budget. Like, you know, they just yeah. had less to work
0: with.
1: Now, what, what, what? It's he, he, like we're saving. I'm saving myself here by saying Tarantino became
2: Tarantino, so it's okay to talk about his first movie as if it wasn't very good, uh, especially when that's an unpopular <laughs> wow. opinion. But. I love that she's in it. It's yeah. L.A. What are you gonna yeah, pick the right Oh, and then oh. This, yeah, see, this is where Tim Rod's like, "Wow, I'm having a bad day.
1: This is not yeah. going well." Yeah. What what changes could be made to Reservoir Dogs to tighten it up?
2: Hmm. I don't think it what, don't, that Tarantino would agree see, with. Uh, I
0: don't have a major
3: problem
1: with it. I don't know if it's it's a matter of tightening. It's just a, I think it's I feel like there's not enough that happens in the movie. It's a bunch it's it's about one thing that happens that we never see and people's beginnings it's and It's about
3: afterwards. the fallout of yeah, and yeah, yeah. and how they got to it. Yeah. I, I think it's more a, a refining of technique if yeah. if anything else. Um and like I said in the beginning, I think this is a, a in terms of tightening, I think this is a tighter story and a tighter uh, narrative than Pulp Fiction. You can.
0: Is. This is much easier to define what is happening than it is yeah. in Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pulp Fiction is is so entertaining and so it's fascinating, complicated. But, but at any given moment, I'm like, I'm not sure. I can't explain why this works. Like that's yeah. that's going to be a challenge and probably an interesting commentary. It's Tarantino's because, Inception. Uh, yeah. At any moment, <laughs> you're like, why? I don't know. Ha- I I can't define why this is sticking together. I can't at all. Like what? How did he do this? That's a lot of blood, that's but I, they had a medic, blood. so I guess that's. That's yeah, he's you know. I he, can they, only that's assume probably,
2: that's correct. That yeah. might be the movie trope where it's like you know when you get shot in the chest, if you lay there for more than five minutes, your entire shirt is going to be soaking. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's the truth that we don't see in movies. Mm-hmm.
3: They're all going to be Mr. Red at the end of this day.
1: Nah. That's
0: actually I, I remember, Brian's just
1: living out his own film noir movie. I re- gets to make little
0: comments like that, I remember reading. I, I read several books about. Uh, I, I, I do love that they're like oh that guy he's yeah. the problem bang bang bang. Oh so we're done, okay. okay,
2: now we're good,
3: right
0: problem solved, right,
3: another great subversion of of yeah, typical t- storyteller yeah, you don't
2: see that coming, yeah, no, that was great
0: but uh I, I read a bunch of um you know books on people's first movies, and I read several on Tarantino, both talking about Tarantino and a couple with interviews, but in one of them, uh Gary Oldman was talking about his book, uh no from Mouth, which I haven't seen yet, but um he was talking about how he when he went to direct his first movie. Um, he was, a, he wanted it to be kind of realistic and we'd say gritty now, but, um, because he was like, I've been in movies where like I'll get, you know, a cut on the forehead or whatever and they'll just put a little bit of a dab like the makeup lady is like, no, no, I've, like, I've been in fights, I've had my, you know, it bleeds my when, whole when, when face. When Jimi yeah. Hendrix
1: cut his forehead, he was bleeding all over. Yeah. He's like, yeah.
0: he's like, I should be just covered in yeah. blood right he- head, now. And not wounds, it should be in my,
2: especially bleed like gang. Yeah, covers. exactly. Yeah. It should
0: be in my eyes and stuff. And the, she's like, no, we'll just do a little bit. Cause we don't want to cover your face. And he's like, when I make my movie, <laughs> if someone gets punched in the head, they will have blood everywhere. And <laughs> it's so, like Chinatown with the nose bandage. Yeah.
1: Was there, were there like trends noticed among all the first films, like things that people consistently, tried something and failed at or anything like that uh
0: no no it was it was does everyone kind of have different ideas everyone and different everyone had different different things they wanted to do they made different mistakes and stuff like that it's very i think it's called um i'll have to look at it but i think it's called my first movie and it's a bunch of interviews with cool. um, people like gary oldman and kevin smith and and um i don't think they got tarantino but um i that's definitely one worth checking out it's very interesting to read and and you read it and go, I didn't know so-and-so made a movie. I thought they were just an actor, and you want to go check it out. Tarantino is a weird name. It's
1: like Cronenberg and whatever the other ones we were talking about. Just one of those names that's just like fucking, yeah, that's a good yeah. name for like a, a genre guy to have.
0: That's, that's uh, from what I understand, you know, that was like his stepdad's name or his actual father's name, not his stepdad. That was actually his dad. But he decided to keep it because he thought it was a cooler name.
1: <laughs> My sister's name is Taryn, and for a while her Facebook page was Tarantino. Mm. Wow. And I thought she was clever.
2: <laughs> and I gave her that. And then that. you grew out of it, like most people should. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I, you know, I, referencing your earlier question, like, what can we do to make Reservoir Dogs better? It's like, I don't I don't know if you need to make Reservoir Dogs better, because I'm pretty sure Reservoir Dogs is exactly what everyone wanted it to yeah. be. Um, You know, talk about a perfect movie, I'm going to put it on the list, like, yes, I think this is what they meant to do. Yeah. And I, uh, you know... it. It's entirely up to me as an audience member to go, I love what they did or not. But I, you know, it's like if that's... It's... So you can reconcile Perfect Movie with the um, the beginning scene? Yeah. It's like, again, Perfect Movie isn't movie I love. Perfect Movie is movie that did what it meant to be. And I think this movie did exactly what it meant to well, be. Well, when it's so weird, it's hard to say if
1: it did or did not do what it, it was trying I've, to do. I've it. never seen... When it's
3: a mind like Tarantino, you're like, I don't know what's going on inside
0: there. Like, so. mm.
3: Inglorious
1: Bastards might be a perfect movie. It's like,
0: well, okay. Mm. I'm not sure about that, but um, I've I've never seen someone who s- was so clearly using their diaphragm when they spoke as Lawrence Tierney in this scene. Like, okay. every time he speaks, you see his stomach, like, clench yeah, up into his he's, chest. He's, because... he's speaking from the diaphragm. Yeah.
2: Now, now, I've heard, and I, I haven't paid enough attention to this movie, is supposedly this scene doesn't make any sense because there's not enough people and guns to account for everyone getting killed, is the way I've always understood yeah, this no, being explained. Yeah,
0: uh, no, uh, the, the problem is... Um, Harvey Keitel shoots them both. Like as he's yeah. falling, he shoots the other one. But Chris Penn's, uh squibs go off too early, so it looks like someone else had to have shot him. But it was just a mistake that they wound up keeping. In that's
2: the what movie. happened to JFK too? <laughs> okay, so there's all three of them, and they're all three. Yeah, I've
0: them. I've seen it like slowed down or whatever, and it it is works. Mistiming. Okay. Yeah. So two are revolvers. So that's twelve, and then I think one is eight
1: bullets. Isn't the cartridge gun his gun eight? At least eight. They yeah. only he only needs only gonna, two.
0: He's gonna go shoot. <laughs> he's
2: not gonna, <laughs> he's gonna shoot the whole clip. Yeah. Not gonna have time for it. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. So who shot Tim Roth? Lawrence Tierney.
0: Okay. He was the one who had it pointed at him. So and Harvey the, Keitel shot Harvey Keitel shot him. Chris Penn shot Harvey Keitel, and Keitel, as he was falling, shot Chris Penn. Oh, Okay. And but that's the, how went the world goes round.
3: I <laughs> love now. the fact that you never see Buscemi go for cover. Yeah. Yeah. He just, just, just it comes, out of it. It comes out and comes out because he's like, I see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I see which way this wind is blowing.
2: So Buscemi. Unlike every other movie Steve Buscemi's ever been in, he's the last man standing yeah. in this movie. Because most movies involve killing Steve Buscemi. You you actually most movies well yeah.
3: uh, off... not just movies he's in. And now if you yeah, true. if you listen, you'll hear uh, you, you, sirens in the background, yeah. and you'll hear like cops yelling, uh, and then
0: there's
2: gunshots. Or you whatever. hear him yeah. get shot, but he's you gonna gonna
0: still hear him. You, you still hear him yelling afterwards, like ah, I got yeah, shot. And they're arresting him kid. basically. So he's yeah. as far as we know at the end of the movie, he's still he's shot, but he's still alive. And they'll probably, uh, you know, they'll probably take him to the hospital and I then mean, send him
2: to jail. It's the Cohen Brothers who've established that. It, I think I think they finally just made a movie where they didn't kill Steve Buscemi, but every movie <laughs> he's ever been in with them, which is most of them, they kill him. He's like the Kenny of the Cohen Brothers. <laughs> Whereas this movie, he's more like Shane. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember him in a serious man.
0: I don't, <laughs> yeah, that's I don't that's know probably the one he wasn't one. in. Yeah, in that's, that's, was a, that's how they he killed survived. him at
1: the beginning of the movie before it
0: started. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> was already yeah. dead. Yeah, he's, I he's actually. Referenced. He I could have. I, I could have bought that because I missed the first five minutes of a serious man. I'm like, oh, okay, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> you missed so, the you missed the big Steve
1: Buscemi yeah. death scene in a serious man. <laughs> he was in space and he got crazy with the gun.
3: <laughs> space dementia. He's got space dementia. Oh, they
0: should this, make out. It's this, like and why not? Because it's over. Yeah. Oh dear. Now they're I, both bloody as so. hell. Yeah. You really. You should just not explain now why would you do this why <laughs> nothing nothing good can come of you he's probably actually.
2: not thinking clearly now that's it's been probably a, true yeah. it's been a crazy day he's like
0: oh i don't want to i don't want to die with this weight on my soul i better that's the dumbest thing yeah you could possibly <laughs> he's got a gun you know he's got a gun in his yeah, other
3: hand of all things well Tim roth but tim Roth's gun is empty no oh kytel, kytel. still has yeah, he his gun it's like oh by the way
0: yeah. Let me Remember
3: all of this that just happened? That, that was me. Th- yeah. That
0: just happened because there you everyone was suspicious of a cop in their midst, and you were telling them all <laughs> that it could never be me. Because <laughs> you trust me okay. Well, funny story Guess because what? you saw me get
1: shot. That's yeah. the reason you trust me
0: explicitly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I
1: just saw that man get shot, so don't call him a creep. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with I could not... we could
0: shoot totally shoot a creep. We I'll shoot a creep, should... you know. Totally gonna shoot that his own totally hand be... Yeah. Why well, he doesn't care. He's In fact, dying the creep is anyway. probably
1: not as good at this as we are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It makes sense that he would get shot.
0: <laughs> you have no evidence and surprisingly circumstantial evidence. And again, we're w- off him when he when he shoots Tim Roth. He he shoots Roth and then they shoot him and that's the end. I I think that's Tarantino's voice too towards the end or one of them is Tarantino's voice. Didn't sound screaming. Like him. Could be. And, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. Oh fuck. There it is. Over. And there's, right. there's there the is. end. So. And uh, you know, you've gotta you've gotta imagine people watching this movie. That card comes up and they're like, What?
2: Ooh. That that's deep and edgy and we should yeah. give it French awards. <laughs>
0: that movie just ended. Reservoir Dogs,
1: um, it's watchable. I don't like it very much for reasons <laughs> outlined here.
3: Brian? Uh I do enjoy it. I think it's a good and strong film. Um Yeah. I, I, you know, we don't. We, we were talking.
0: Wow. <laughs> we're Settle sp- down there. <laughs> I don't. No, Trey,
2: you listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I love this movie.
0: I don't remember if we uh, discussed it while we were uh, recording or not, but uh, you know, this doesn't have subtitles. No. Uh, ex- well, it has Spanish subtitles, but those weren't going to do us very good. Señor Naranja, you know, <laughs> it wasn't going to help. Señor um, Blanco. Yeah. Blanco. but Blanco. No um, quiero
2: peace, Señor Pinca.
0: Yeah. But, um, you know, so we've been watching it just on a purely visual level, and we were, I mean, we've seen it before, yeah. but we were able to follow it. I know. And, and there were moments we
3: got sucked in. Yeah,
0: and there were moments we still got sucked in watching it. So, you know, everyone, uh, everyone talks about, oh, Tarantino, he, he you know, uses his dialogue as a crutch and certainly his dialogue is one of the primary things for him, but he's also clearly and, and he's a better distinctly is a strong filmmaker. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, but that, that, given that, I don't
3: think I would apply nearly as strongly to some of his later stuff. Sure.
0: Sure. I, I agree. But uh, I mean, I'm, uh, uh, I'm just pointing that out because that's something that struck me watching it this way because I no, never watched it that way before. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, a good, strong, entertaining film. Like Trey said, it's not the it's not the Tarantino film I'm going to reach for if I want to sit down and watch something just to watch right. something. But um, but it's a good film and and deserves its kind of. Place in indie movie history, I think.
3: Oh, and Stephen Wright, we, Stephen we Wright is a DJ. about yeah, Stephen Wright. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, Weird DJ choice. Totally awesome.
1: Uh, in the chat, Jack Bean points out, uh, or at least says, it's a plotless movie that talks about the plot that led up to it. Would you agree? Uh, it depends on how no, you define plot. Not, not completely,
3: because the plot. Terry Gilliam. Yeah. And Tony Scott.
1: And Tony Scott. Those uh, are
3: those are thanks those though. Are yeah, yeah. Pepsi Cola. No, and Quaker Oats. All was right. that was
2: that logo even in it? it they credit yeah, the logo and somewhere. then just put the logo yeah, okay, in. So, Kamikaze Cowboy, the thing is, Silver Surfer. Yeah. You know, there's the little Comic like- Cowboy is the thing. man. yeah, it's plotless.
3: I I would not say it's plotless because the the plot is them dealing with the ramifications of a heist going yeah. bad. Um, it's it's
0: very similar to the movie. Um, which wasn't out at the time, but in a sense, you know, uh, the movie Hard Candy, I don't know if anyone here has seen that. Uh, I've heard of it, it twice. Don't, I but it. Um, but uh, it's the same thing. It's all in one location. You could call it plotless, but it's, you know, because, like, things don't necessarily happen, but it's definitely... If there are character changes occurring throughout and i think that's what's happening here so i wouldn't call this it's that's not storyless it. um definitely and i wouldn't call it plotless either it's just the the plot doesn't travel very far right
2: <laughs> yeah. Trey, it's a very it's a very simple plot you know yeah. reservoir dogs it is it's it's i think the best uh, encapsulation that we had is it's like a stage play it really feels mm-hmm. like it was a stage play like it like it's a stage play that if it, if someone said it was adapted from a from a you know a, an off Broadway stage play, I would totally believe that. And then if someone told you that, like that this was
1: adapted from a, st- you would say they didn't very artfully direct it to look like anything but a <laughs> stage yes, play. Yes, it
2: still uh, obviously owes a great deal to its stage roots and didn't really open it up very much. Right. Other than a couple of shots on a street corner, but uh, it's 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 again it's a movie that uh, I. I admire more for what it represents than for what it actually is, mm-hmm. but it's not a bad movie in any way shape or form, and it's an amazing debut and it's it's not really surprising as much fun yeah, as we were it, making of it It's not so funny surprising that you know Tarantino became the darling of of you know critics because absolutely new and fresh and interesting and because it actually is at the time was new and fresh and interesting and and uh, shocking that someone you know, could make a movie that was kinda like, of, Oh, that's so different than what movies are like right now. And it's been imitated endlessly since and hardly nearly as successfully by anyone. Yeah. So it's it's uh, you know, I, I totally respect it's like as with some other movies. It's like I totally respect what the the creator did without oh, yeah. necessarily loving what no, no, the no, end it's, result it's, was.
1: It's a
0: it's a mind blowingly good debut film. Yeah. I feel that way about a lot of Rodriguez's stuff too and, and perhaps no surprise he and Tarantino were very, really tight. Very good buddies, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: This has been Down in Front. You can always find my episodes at downinfront.net. Click that big link and subscribe to us on iTunes. Get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash downinfront. Facebook.com slash downinfrontshow. Go to the forum, involve yourself in the conversation. At the forum, we announce when and where we'll be having the live chats every week so you can join the conversation and even get your name set on the commentary if you say something helpful or research something for us, which would be nice. Uh, you can buy this DVD from our store and we get like a buck. You can buy some shirts. They say surrogates. They're really funny. Um, if you, what else? Matt Fedevede is the show notes and chapter breaks on iTunes and Holden Hildes on the website. And until next time, my name is T. Christy. Brian Finister, Dick, 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 dick,
2: dick. How many dicks is that? A lot. <laughs> and Trey Stokes.
1: And this has been Down in Front. Thank you very much for listening.
2: It puts the lime in the <laughs> coconut. coconut. Drink it the lime in the coconut. coconut. Put them both together.
0: That doesn't work, by the way. Lime and coconut, it's not so good.
4: Trendsinyourhead.com.